Matt Stepp, can you smell it? Yeah, it smells like football. Step and Step, your premium high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I am the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for joining us on this, uh, the first of two preview episodes of Tep and Step for the 2021 season. Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to go too crazy here, Step, because we are still we're recording this on August 9th. So we're still, you know, a, a bit of a ways away from um, two, two and a half weeks. I'd say yeah. off, right, two and a half weeks. Yeah. So um, we we are able, you know, we're two and a half weeks. It's 26 is the first day, but it does feel like football season around here based on what I've been working on. It does feel very, very different than your average Monday in, in July, even, uh, this feels different. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just, just starting, you know, I, I was putting in starting to kind of get media credential information lined up and starting to look at my week one games and which, which games I'm going to preview. And I know you're getting ready. You know, you're, you're on. You're, I think for you, it's when the TV diet starts, right? When TV oh, diet God. season starts, it's when, you know, football season is close, right? Oh, dude. It's so bad. <laughs> like, cause, so cause there's no taco palenque in your life right no, now. There? No, there's no taco P. There's no good food at all. And the worst part is like, um, like I don't make my wife suffer through this stuff either. And so it's like, like Saturday night. She was like, I was like, well, what would you like for dinner? She's like, you know, I'd really, I'm really, really just feeling pizza. And so I, being a good husband, had to go out and buy, get my wife a pizza and then come home and eat my rabbit food. Like, oh, oh boy, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm a hero. What I'm saying is that many other people are saying that I do heroic things like that. You're you're a Texas high school football hero. I oof. Boy, howdy. Uh, I'm at least a – I just got – and for those who don't know, the reason I diet is not because I'm like vain. The reason I'm diet, I diet is because I'm cheap and I don't want to buy new suits. Like that's just the whole deal, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a fiscally conservative move on your part. That's all I'm doing here, guys. Yeah. That's all I'm doing. Anyway, this is your small school. 2021 Texas high school football preview from your friends at Tep and step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend about it. Uh, that's like, I feel like that's the best advertising for this dumb podcast is like, if you know somebody in your life who would like this, because let's be real, this podcast is not for everybody. No, it's, you have to be a real high school football dork to be into this podcast. And look, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that aren't high school football dorks, so we understand that, mm-hmm. and we we think you're crazy, but we understand because mm-hmm. there's I mean, people you're wrong. Are out there. Those people yeah, are wrong. Yes, but if you are a high school football dork or you know someone who's a high school football dork who doesn't know what Tep and Step is, then I think you'd be a good friend by letting them know about Tep and Step. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's one of those things that uh, you know. It's it's it's. It's this is not this is not a podcast for mass consumption. This is a podcast for a very targeted group of people. And if you feel like you know somebody who's in that targeted group of people, then you should uh 
you should let them know about this and tell them to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Um, so we're going to go through classes 4A, 3A, 2A, and 1A, going smallest to largest uh, during that, uh, previewing them, giving, going region by region. Got so much to get to. This is this is the perfect time to to be hopping into Tep and stuff. This is kind of our this is kind of our season season debut. This is when we really hit our stride. The off season's nice, but this is this is we're in our bag here. This is this is this is when we really hit it. Uh, but first, Matthew, we will start as we always do with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. And I think I've got a good one, and I think you might have an idea of what it is, but I'm not okay. sure you're going to get it. Matt Stepp, which Texas high school football teams, plural because they're a tie, teams have played the most total games in their history? There's a tie at the top. Mm. I'll tell you who it's not. It is not a team like... um, It's not... Prosper Rock Hill. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Dang, I, I'll cross them off the list. Mark, um, Mark Humble's squad has played what? Is it 10 games? Uh, is this year? Is this year two? Yeah, I think so. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't, know, I don't even know if they played 10 games. I think they may, may have only played eight. Yeah, year, they, you know, they might be in last COVID. place right now. Yeah. Um, let's go Highland Park and... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna look to West Texas, Sweetwater. Okay, these are two very good guesses. Those check in at number 18 and number 21 in the all-time games played. Now I know why you said those two specifically. I know why you said Highland Park, and that's a that's a very savvy guess because Highland Park is the winningest program in Texas high school football history. But they have played a paltry 1,141 games in their history, while Sweetwater, <sighs> Sweetwater just tiny babies they've only played 1134 games in their history i okay. know uh, if you would like one more guess i will give you one more guess uh let me think of an old high school in this in a, in a city um how about mm-hmm. dallas adamson Dallas Adamson. Um, they used to be Oak Cliff High School, and I correct. believe they're one of the original, one of the f- f- very first Dallas high schools. They are one of the, the they're in fact 27th in Class 5A, and okay. they are 109th overall. They played 1,046. Uh, so guess. the answer, tied at 1,194 games. They will play their 1,200th games, God willing, in the Creek Don't Arise this year. The Plano Wildcats and... The Temple Wildcats. Temple was, I think, going to be my next year. Temple was, yeah. uh, it was one of the ones I thought of immediately. So uh, the, top, the top five, if you're interested, uh, Plano and Temple tied at fir- tied for first at one one nine four. At third, at one thousand one hundred ninety, is Mart. So there's a decent chance that if Mart plays to their paper, they could pass those two um, and become number one overall because uh, they've got a four game deficit to make up. Fourth is Amarillo. 1,185 and fifth Corsicana 1,182 games played. Uh, so there you are your t- Texas high school football fun fact of the week, Plano and temple. I guess, That's a good one. I guess the most experienced Texas high school football programs. It's probably they have, yeah. they have the longest pedigree. Let's put it that way. 
Um, okay, Matthew. It's it's like no more fun and games. Like the time for fun is over. Yeah. Fun fun ceases now. <laughs> it's time it's, to get down to business. It's time to talk about you know now we don't have to we can still prognosticate a little bit, but now we're actually you know we're we're talking about games that are going to be played here soon and, and getting into the into the season, which is the most fun part. You know. Oh, no yeah. more nonsense. Nonsense season is oh. over with. It's, oh it's, no, we're done. It's yeah. we're we're very serious from here on out. Um, it's your 2021 small school Texas high school football preview. We will start with 1A Division two. Uh, and for those who don't know, uh, Step don't do six man. Just not his thing. He's an Everman guy. Uh, he's he he is who he is. He is he is deep in the heart of 11 man country. Uh, and sorry, so, sorry, six man folks. And so I will do the uh, I will do the honors on the on the six man front. We'll start with 1A Division two. 1A Division two. If you take a look at our rankings, I think kind of unsurprisingly you're going to end up seeing a lot of teams from out west from the, the left side of the bracket uh region one or region two i think region two is probably the region of doom here with defending state champs balmaray who has to replace literally their entire defense uh but they still got the king they still got vance jones out there uh, motley county our number one team uh is in region two as well uh they bring back jake richards for his senior season i think he's going to be and, and last year was kind of a, a bump in the road i think that they were waiting for this year's squad uh, to be really good uh, richland springs looms per usual on the right side of the bracket the team that's got everybody's interest this year is strong strong and i know you paid a little bit of attention to the drama going on out there at strong uh with coach Dwayne lee uh, he left for a minute, came back, uh, ended up, uh, he left to go take the job at Aquila. He comes back. He, he inherits a team that is loaded. And in talking to six-man coaches, they think that this might be one of his best teams yet. Um, and and really one of the reasons that they started, he started, uh, Strawn started the year number three uh, in our rankings and, and not even a little bit higher is because we didn't really know what the coaching situation was going to be. Uh, so that's a team to keep an eye on. Real quick, region by region. Uh, if you take a look at region one, um, I would say that the team to keep an eye on out in Region One and probably the favorite uh, is uh, is probably Groom. Groom, of course, uh, played in the semifinal and took took Balmeray to the wire uh, last year in the semifinal. That's team to keep an eye on. We're very high on Fallette this year as well. Uh, I think Fallette is it's uh, you know it's not it's easy to remember that just a couple of years ago they went two and six, but last year twelve and one. Uh, this is a team that that I think is going to be uh, is going to be pretty strong and I think it's going to be very dangerous. Keep an eye on Klondike as well in region one as well. Region two is, is as we mentioned, kind of the region of doom, Motley County, Balmeray, Jayton, um, heck, I'd even I'd even lump Benjamin in there. One thing, one reason I like Benjamin, they've got literally every Letterman back from last year's team. Everyone's back uh, from a six and two team. They could be ready for that leap. Benjamin at one point was the smallest school in the UIL. Uh, they're not anymore. They're they're rocking an enrollment of. Let's see if I can find this in a minute. Um, what was what was Benjamin's enrollment? Benjamin's rocking enrollment of, of a of a huge monster thirty nine right now. Uh, but they were at one point the small school in the UIL, but they're back and they're they're playing really good ball these days. Uh, lots lots out, of growth in Benjamin, apparently. Yeah, it's it's huge, massive. Um, Region three and one A Division two uh, is is in my opinion Strawns to lose. Um, I think that they are maybe. I don't want to throw around prohibitive favorite, but they are a big favorite. Uh, Fanandel is probably the chief challenger to them. Maybe a team like Throckmorton or Gordon, but but Strawn uh, bringing back everything they bring back and getting the coach Lee back, I think probably puts them in the driver's seat in Region Three. In the Region Four, it's probably going to be the same thing of uh, of kind of Richland Springs versus Calvert and and who catches who. Uh, you know, 
Um, Richland Springs got the better of Calvert. They thought that last year was the year for Jamarcus Ashley's squad. Uh, they do have to do a fair bit of rebuilding. Richland Springs does lose some some big time playmakers, and they're going to be relatively young. But uh, they're Richland Springs. They have one of the best pedigrees in the state, and they still got Jerry Burkhart running the show. Uh, I don't expect any sort of drop off for them. As far as a, a title pick is concerned, uh, I'll go chalky with our rankings and go Motley County. Uh, maybe over Strawn. I might take them over Strawn in the title game, but but Strawn Russian Springs uh, figures to be a fantastic game as it is every single year if they were to re- meet in a state semifinal. Uh, so there's 1A Division 2 for you. Real quick on 1A Division 1, I can run through this uh, as well. 1A Division 1, uh, we feel really good about a potential repeat for Sterling City. Um, uh, their their coaches, are, are Trey Cisco and company, are, are kind of kind of soft peddling it, but I think that they're going to be, they're going to have a really good group coming back, and I think that they're going to be really dangerous uh, once again, uh, and, and in my opinion, the favorite out there in Region 2, although Region 2 is, in my opinion, probably the, the region of doom in 1A Division 1 as well. Borden County, I think it's probably the chief challenger uh, in region. In, in, I guess we'll go region by region. I'm already just kind of doing it there. Uh, region one, uh, Borden County is the, the team to beat there. Uh, but if you are interested in a uh, maybe maybe a bit of a, a, a bit of a sexy pick, uh, let's go with Spring Lake Earth. Spring Lake Earth has has made the move down to six man. I don't want to say down, it's but second the, they, year, right? Second year yeah. in a six man district. And their first year was, I mean, they went seven and four. I mean, they went seven and four uh, and made it to the regional semifinals, like the second round of the playoffs. I mean, that's awesome. Like for, for I mean, to do that, to change your entire program like that and do that. And by the way, they bring back, they only lose one letterman from last year's team. That's probably the sexy pick, but, but Borden County is kind of the juggernaut out there in region one. And so that's probably the team to beat uh, out there. Region I, I two. Have a six man question for you, Ted. Yes, sir. Just real quick. When, when you talk to other six man folks, what would you say when a team drops from 11 man to six man, what is the average time that really it, it takes for a 11 man school to adapt to the six man game? I think usually, usually you look at about three years because normally you want like those freshmen and sophomores who are there to have a little bit of a, of six man experience, um, and that's kind of the biggest thing. And so some of these teams, but we've ha- we've seen a number of these teams that have dropped and been immediately. Uh, immediately pretty competitive. You know, Lakey kind of did the same thing um, where they dropped and they were pretty immediately competitive. Uh, but they are, you know, th- th- I don't think this is necessarily, um, it's not un- unforeseen or l- let me, it's un- not unprecedented that Spring Lake Earth is able to go out there and have this kind of success right off the jump, but it is uh, certainly ahead of schedule. And uh, I think if you talk to the coaches out there, they feel like everything's in place. We just got to get, just have more reps in the game, like just get, better at playing that kind of style of game. So it's really impressive to see Spring Lake Earth do what they're doing. And, and yeah, out in Region 1, they're probably uh, they're probably the, the, the sexy pick if you if you want to look at a team to, to take down Borden County. Region 2, as I mentioned, is kind of the region of doom. And specifically, there's two districts that we've really got our eye on. Sterling City and Westbrook. Westbrook was a team that uh, in, in District 8. Uh, Westbrook was a team that snuck up on us last year um, and, and really had a huge, huge year after they went, I mean, 2018, 2 and 8. 2019, four and six. Last year, eleven and two. I mean, out of nowhere, they were fantastic, and I don't think they're going necessarily away. Uh, and then District Six, it's going to be a battle between Rankin and and Garden City. We had Coach Garrett Avalos. Um, uh, we talked with him out there at the. Uh, he's on our thirty. Un- he's on our forty under forty list. One of the best young uh, coaching minds out there in six man. Uh, we're excited to see what he does out there at Rankin uh, this year. Although they do have to replace a lot of their offense. Garden City's a little bit more of a finished product, and and you know could be ready for a, a storm back into the the the. 
the big kind of the big time, the spotlight. So keep an eye on Garden City out there in Region 2. Region 3, Shahan J. Raj's favorite team, Blum, is probably our favorite out there. Um, they are... Um, they're a team that that you know the what they've been able to do defensively has been very impressive. That doesn't figure to be going away. But Abbott uh, is is looming as well. Another team that kind of came out of nowhere last year, uh, kind of surprised us, and I think even surprised Coach Terry Crawford to a certain extent. They bring back a lot. They, I think, I think he will admit they're a bit a year, maybe a year ahead of schedule. Uh, but they are going to be probably the chief challenger uh, to Blum in Region Three. Although keep an eye on Union Hill as well. Uh, they're a team to keep an eye on out there in Region Three. Region Four. Uh, it, it feels like it comes down to these two. I mean, there's. There's basically three teams that are really in the mix, May, Jonesboro, and Lakey. Uh, the team with the experience advantage is Lakey, uh, but you know Jonesboro is a team. Coach Eddie Gallegos does such an incredible job out there to keep an eye on, and May is the team that starts the year ranked highest at number three. Uh, they're going to be a little bit thin, but, they're, but they are going to be, you know, if they can get a couple of youngsters to step up, they're going to be really dangerous. Uh, the sleeper out there is probably Water Valley. Water Valley is probably the sleeper in Region 4. So if you were to, if I were to, you're going to put a, put me to it as far as the state championship is concerned right now i'd probably go i'll go with sterling city over may maybe yeah may um, yeah maybe a repeat of of last year's title game Uh, i could be talked into a team like blum certainly making it back there um and i could certainly be talked into to, to borden county if they can find uh maybe one or two individual playmakers uh to kind of take them over the top but right now i'll go chalky i'll say we get a repeat of last year we'll go sterling city over may uh so there it is your class 1a preview and we can shut down the podcast that's it that's gonna do it for, no i'm kidding um see you what, if we just, see you next week. what if we just stopped and you had like nothing to say It'd be the weirdest podcast. That'd be a very weird podcast. So there you go. Your 1A preview. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get a 1A insider on here. We can do like a separate thing and put in your tep and stuff. Yeah, yeah. those guys deserve – I mean, even I'm yeah. not a six-man guy. I don't hate six-man. It's just yeah. not something I cover or, or enjoy. It's not anything I have against it. But I I think it'd be, it'd be fun if you had you know someone who really followed the six-man yeah. game uh, to, to chat in detail yeah. about some of these teams for sure. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. All right. Okie dokie. Let's go. Uh, now into the 11-man ranks, the crowded field. Let's go to 2A Division II, the smallest 11-man classification, which produced the biggest stunner last year. Uh, although, although not really, it's funny. And 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 this is the official. Uh, this is our official last talk about what a huge upset Winthorpe over Mart was. I promise. This is the last time we'll talk about it for at least a couple minutes. Um, but. It is worth mentioning, like it's it's we can talk micro surprises and macro surprises. In a micro surprise, it was certainly stunning that Winthorpe beat Mart simply because Mart looked like they were a juggernaut. But go back to before the season, we thought Winthorpe was going to be pretty darn good, and, and I don't think it's necessarily a surprise that they were playing in the title game. I think we had just kind of said, "Boy, Mart's just a steamroller, and they're going to run through everybody." Yeah, we thought if Mart was going to get beat, it was going to be in 2019 when Hamlin pushed them mm-hmm. in, in the state title game. And we thought Hamlin had a great shot last year. It's just, you know, it didn't work out for me. At this level, especially, one or two injuries can just just decimate you. And that's what happened at Hamlin. Not to take anything, anything away from Winthorpe, but, you know, that wasn't a, that Hamlin team really struggled with injuries in the playoffs, and that, that hurt them. And Winthorpe, their defense did what they needed to do and, and made the big plays in the end to, to not only win – that semifinal game against Wellington, but eventually go on to that state championship. 
Well, and so now if you were to take a look at our rankings in, two, in 2A Division Two in the 2021 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, you may look and say it it looks pretty familiar, right? I mean, we've got Mart, Wellington, Winthorpe, Munster, and Albany rounding out the top five. And um, I know we sound like a broken record putting Mart at number one again, but this is this is going to be a different Mart team in the sense that last year it felt like, especially down the stretch, they were really relying on Rodrell Freeman to go out mm-hmm. there and kind of win the game for them. He's gone, but there may be an argument that this may be an overall stronger team there at Mart in 2021. Yeah, I think they're obviously losing a lot with Rodrell Freeman, but they're probably and in fact, I'm, I feel fairly confident to say they're going to be better at pretty much every other position, which is going to offset the loss of, of, a, of a guy with the talent of Roger L. Freeman at the 2A Division II level. And I think that's where Mart's tradition – we know Mart's always going to have dudes that can go that can go make plays in space, that can push teams with their speed. And that that's going to be something that, you know, I think is going to be real key for Mart. I and mean, they got 10 starters back on defense. This is a team that's going to be better at every other position on the field. And so you would think that that would, like I said, offset the losses, the loss of Roger Freeman. The key is going to be in crunch time late in the year when they get in those situations, they, they don't have, I don't think they're going to have a guy that just nobody can handle in two a, like Roger Freeman, you know, that that's going to be the difference. Mark's going to have playmakers and have dudes who can make plays, but that X factor is, is gone. And that's where yeah. I think that's going to be the key for Mark. But with as much talent as they had coming back, you've got to think they're going to be, they're the odds on favorite again. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, I want to be very clear. We're not saying this is like addition by subtraction, and that and that they are and that. Oh, thank goodness, Roger L. Freeman's gone. I am absolutely positive that that Kevin Hoffman would love yeah, to have Roger L. Freeman back for another year. year. Yeah, yes. yeah, but. This is going to be a team that if you look kind of everywhere else around the uh, the quarterback, running back, whatever you want to call him spot, uh, the individual playmaker spot, then they're going to have – they may be stronger uh, all the way around. So I mean, okay, let's go. 17 starters back. That's, that's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, especially for a team that came within – I mean let's, let's put it this way. They came within a point and basically a play of winning a state championship last year, and they could, could have been driving for six this year, six in a row. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it would have been six in a row, yeah. Yeah, geez. Um, okay, so let's talk about Region 1. 2A Division 2, Region 1. Um, it, it it looks like, to me, I do think there's a fair bit of depth here, even with, a, uh, in my opinion, a, a pretty clear favorite in Wellington. But I do like the depth of this Region 1 uh, here, you know, with teams like, you know, Stratford, of course, a, a team that really caught fire late last mm-hmm. year. And if you believe in mm-hmm. momentum, that's a team that's got that momentum. Uh, Wink, center made state seven on seven this year. We, we, yeah. we talked to coach lover and he's, he's very excited about the Elks this year. Yeah. Uh, Wink, Vega, McKamey, even down, down to Clarendon. Like this is a good deep region, but I do think the conversation has to start with the team that won the region last year and kind of won the region kind of going away, and, and that was Wellington. Yeah, I, I think Wellington comes in as a favorite. I do really like Stratford. Uh, I, I think they're a team that made that got hot late and I think made a lot of strides. Um, McKamey was the, the, the regional finalist last year. I think they're going to take a step back, and I, I think Wink kind of overtakes McKamey in District 1 and kind of as the, the standard bearer there in the Permian Basin. I'll tell you this. If you're looking for a sleeper, I really think Clarendon is a team to watch. This is a mm-hmm. team – with a lot of athleticism, they've got a lot of talent back, 
and they've got they won the state title in basketball this spring. A lot of those guys, obviously, at the 2A level also play football, so you know they're athletic and, and they're, they're winners. So keep an eye on Clarendon if you're looking for kind of that under-the-radar sleeper that no one's talking about. Yeah, the, the only other team I would throw out there, and I, 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 people are going to roast me over it, I understand. Um, so, okay. <laughs> you remember a couple of years ago when Groover made a title game? Uh, and it didn't go well for them. Let's be clear. It didn't go well, but it, it was, it was, it wasn't, it didn't matter if the Dallas Cowboys lined up against Mart that day. Um, they bring back seven. They've had a couple bad years since then. They bring yes. back 17 starters. Um, and I think, yeah, they're in the, they're in the same district as Stratford, but I don't know if there is a bona fide number two there, maybe outside of, I mean, if you really want, if you want to buy in on like Sunray, um, I, I don't know. I think maybe Groover could could have a year. You know, they they, they feel good about what they've got. That's all I'll say is they feel they're good about better. what they've got. Yeah. They're, they're absolutely gonna gonna be improved. It's a good district. You know, you look at District yeah. Three, and you know, I think Groover on paper. You look at Groover, they're gonna be better. Sunray's got nine starters back on defense from a team that that you know was a playoff team last year. You got Vega. Vega went ten. In, Vega, ironically, Vega won the district last year. They mm. beat Stratford in the regular season, and Vega brings back seven on both sides of the ball from a 10-3 and three ball club. So I think when you look at the depth in this district, top to bottom, this is probably – District 3 is the best district in the in the region, top to bottom. This is a good district, one, one through yeah. five. Yeah, most certainly. It's going to be it's going to be really good, and, and so that will be one to keep an eye on. That, that district is going to be a lot of fun. Over in Region 2, um, I'm just going to – I don't know uh, you, fair listener – um, I don't know what you're doing on October 15th. It's a Friday night. Uh, but if you have the means to get to Munster, Texas, um, go to Munster, Texas, because that night you will get to see Winthorse versus Munster in a district opener, I believe, for both. Yeah, district opener for both teams. Mm-hmm. And it will be for the district title. In my opinion, it will be for the the it'll be for at least the driver's seat in region two apologies to Albany who we'll talk about in a moment, but I think those are the two teams that are probably the best in region two and they're going to play head to head in the middle of October. And it's going to be dope. Yeah. They played twice last year. I was at their, their playoff game at a uh, regional final game last year. These two teams know each other. Well, um, I, I think, you know, you look at region two and, and it's not as deep as region one. There's some good teams at the top, but I, I, I think you start with this district and kind of work your way out. And I, and I agree. I think Winthorpe and Munster, two towns that aren't far from each other, have a lot in common. Um, they, they're not they're, they, they're old rivals. They've played a bunch. They know each other well. It, it'll be it'll be a, a, a knockdown drag out war for sure. And, and and you know I think Munster feels like with what they have coming back, you know seven back on both sides of the ball with Winthorpe. Having a mm-hmm. few key losses at some key spots, I, th- I feel like Munster probably feels like that they're they're in position. They don't they don't fear Winthorpe by any means, so I think no. they feel like they're in a position to make a little noise. I, I think you're exactly right, and and so you know Winthorpe, the defending champs, you know uh, they they have to replace the Belcher cousins, but um, you know this is the, I think that you know you talk with Chris, Chris, Coach Chris Tackett, you talk about the defense that they had last year and figures to be again, pretty darn good. I mean, they're going to be in the mix and they're, you know, the, the one thing about them that's going to be interesting is that everybody in two, a division two has been talking about them for a whole year and, mm-hmm. and how do they handle that? 
I don't want to say pressure, they're, but that different outlook. They're the hunted. They're, they're going yes. from being the hunter to it's now they got the target on their back. And that's a different – it's different when you play in that. Last year, Winthorst kind of flew under the radar because of the fact that they – you know, Hamlin was in the region. Everyone was talking about Hamlin. And then, you know, in the state, everybody was talking about Mart. So they really mm-hmm. didn't get a lot of fanfare. Now they're going to they're gonna have to deal with that fanfare and deal with getting everyone's literal literal best shot because they're def- they're defending state champs. Man, and it's I, I got to be honest. We're talking about Region Two, and it feels like it feels so disrespectful to not talk about what Denny Faith is doing at Albany. Like, um, so I mean, so the Lions ten and two again last year. Um, Coach Faith feels, you know, they, they feel good about what they've got coming back this year. It's six starters on offense, seven starters on defense. It it feels like, like the, for the number five team in the state, and maybe it's just because of Winthorst and Munster. Uh, it feels like they're flying under the radar a little bit there, but they they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be really good this year, man. Yeah, I think the problem for Albany is just the draw, right? I mean, they're yeah. they're gonna have to play Winthorst or Munster again in the third round of the playoffs, and that's that's going to ultimately be. You know, I think Albany, you know, Santo is a solid team, and and they'll they'll push mm-hmm. Albany a little bit in district, and Albany always plays a tough non-district schedule. But when we're talking about playoffs, I mean, you, you're looking at a a third round matchup with Winthorst or Munster, and that's really gonna, I think, that's gonna tell Albany's tale. You know, do they? Fall, you know where where they'll they'll go from being that good team that Albany traditionally is, where if they can somehow get out of that third round, they they kind of take that next step and become a mm-hmm. team that we talk about in hushed tones, right? That the Albany yeah. teams that 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 lost to Rashad Paul and Bremont for in two straight state championship games, that kind of thing. So, yeah. um, I think I think Albany is, is a player in this region, and they're not to be overlooked by any means. Uh, before we move on, because there's an, a number of other really good teams here, but can I can I interest you in a little little taste uh, a little little taste of uh, of Rawls? Are you uh, are you are you buying in on what the Jackrabbits are selling? I'm buying in on Rawls. I think that I think they're I I I, I think they're going to overtake Hamlin and Hamlin just has just lost so much. They're going to be so yeah. young this year. I think Rawls is going to overtake Hamlin. I'll tell you, I'm, t- I'm buying in on Archer City. Hey now, I, I think Archer City. You know they, they pushed. They 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 played Winthorst twice last year. In the first game, they they lost by one point to Winthorst, and then, then in the second game, uh, they they got blown out. You know in the playoff game, but but I, I think Winthorst. You know Archer City is the kind of team that could push Winthorst because they've got a guy in Elijah Jackson who is a he's already got a, a couple of Division One offers as a sophomore. He's kind of a, a, the athletic difference maker that could if he's going hot. Archer City can pull up a few upsets. So if you're looking for a – they bring back 15 starters. This is a team that, that's got experience. I think Archer City is a team that if you're looking for kind of that Clarendon-like sleeper in the region, I think Archer City is a team to buy in on. Region 3, um, let's work under – let's remove Mart from the conversation. Mart is the favorite in Region 3. I don't think we're breaking any news there. We've already talked about them. Uh, sell me on anybody else on in Region Three, uh, and why is it maybe Bremont or Tenaha? I, I think it's Tenaha. I, I, yeah. they, they they lost to Martin in the regional finals last year. I, I think Tenaha is the clear number two to Martin. And, and the thing about Tenaha that I think when if they get into that kind of game with Mart, they don't fear Mart. That's not that's not a team that's going to scare Tenaha by any means, and I think this year Tenaha maybe matches up a little bit better with Mart than they did last year because I don't think Tenaha had anyone last year to deal with Roger L. Freeman. 
Yeah. Now, Tinnehawk can deal with the teams that have a lot of fast guys because they got a lot of fast guys. Mm-hmm. And they can deal with – but Rodrell was a different animal because of his combination of size and speed. I think Tinnehawk's got some of the guys to uh, to deal with that. And Tinnehawk's got some, got some dudes. I know they got that linebacker who's a, a division one. I think he's committed to Texas, if I want, I want to say. But he's, uh, they've got yeah. a big-time recruit. Um, Jenkins? That's a team that I think – I think that, that's a team that I think could could be somebody. I think it's is it is Patton JJ Patton uh, JJ Patton. Why do I think Jenkins? It's because Coach Jeremy Jenkins. That's, does. that's, that's, that's why. the coach. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think if you're, yeah. if you're buying in on on a team, it's uh, Baylor. He's committed to Baylor. Yeah. Jeremy Jeremy Patton's committed to Baylor. Um, but if you're looking for a team that could challenge more, I think Tennessee would be the one who I think has the the personnel so, to, to really push Mart. Yeah, the thing the thing about it though in in region 3 and this is with all due respect to the Bremons and the love ladies of the world and and maybe like a team like Deweyville who had like a fantastic year last year and by the way brings back eight starters on both sides of the ball keeping on the Pirates. But here's the thing. Mart has not been challenged in region 3 um ever. I mean, like, because, you know, since part of the two, division two, not since, since they moved down to division two. Right. That's the thing. And so like that is kind of that's that's the, that's the problem is until somebody not just like I'm not saying they have to beat them. I'm saying they have to hang with them. And when you're talking about the fact that like, you know, Mark beat them by 21 in the in the, you know, or 31 in in the playoffs last year in the, in the regional final. Right. I mean. Um, they beat Love Lady, a really good Love Lady team, by 36 in the playoff in the area round last year. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. nobody, that gap getting, is so wide. That gap is. is really wide. Yeah, and so That's I need to see somebody Mart. close I mean, it first. Yeah, and, and especially when they drop down to Division Two. There's been, you know, other than I mean, you think about when Mart dropped to Division Two three years ago. This would be year four. The first two years when they won the state championships. I think Falls City against the Division Two opponents. Falls City, I think, pushed them in that first semifinal game for about three quarters, and then Hamlin pushed them in the in the twenty nineteen state title game. And up until the state title loss to Winthorpe, no one. I mean, that, that was it. You know, that's mm-hmm. no one at at their in Division Two has really challenged Martin. So that that's the thing. Is someone in Region Three ready to take the next step? And just challenge Mart. I mean, we're not even saying beat Mart because that, that's going to be a tall order. But I, I, someone can someone make Mart play four quarters within Region Three, right? No, you're you're spot on. You're spot on. Okay, so let's go now to Region Four, and um, let me read you the last uh, four, three rather um, Region Four champions. If you're ready. Uh, in, in 2020, it was Fall City. In 2019, it was Fall City. In 2018, it was um, oh, Fall City. Um, well, that's interesting. It's a nice uh, run. Uh, they, 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 now, I will say this has not been the same dominant thing as like Mart in Region Three. That like they've been Mart's been so head and shoulders bigger than Reach, better than Region Three. That's why we were so excited about Tenahaw moving into Region Three last year, and alas, didn't really materialize. Region Four has been closer, and I'm not saying it's a runaway for Fall City, but at this point, with three consecutive regional titles. And as even with look, you know what they got coming back, it has to be Fall City to start the year as the favorite in Region Four, right? Absolutely, but I, I think if you're looking for teams to challenge Fall City, I think there's one place to look, and that's the Concho Valley. Mm-hmm. I, think I think the Concho Valley District 14 has two teams this year capable of challenging Fall City. Uh, that's Cristobal and El Dorado. You know, Cristobal last year made the regional finals. 
lost to Falls City by nine. That was a good ball game, 27 mm-hmm. to 18. Cristobal's got a lot back now. They, they lost their their primary playmaker um, on offense. I can't remember his name now, but I know he the quarterback was the, really the guy that made them go. Yeah. He graduated, but they bring back seventeen starters, and you got El Dorado, who has nineteen starters back. And I know you love the Covarrubias kid, um, and and he's he's a guy you and El Dorado is a team that made the area playoffs last year. Had to forfeit their area round playoff game due to COVID. Um, yeah, and by the way, I, like this game, is with this is with all due respect to Hennis, they were going to be they were going to beat Hennis. Yeah, I, but, I think El Dorado was going to be a third third round. They were probably going to be playing Fall City in the third round last year. So El Dorado's got the the raw. So the, to me, if you're looking for anyone to challenge Fall City, it's District 14, and they have two teams that can challenge that can challenge Fall City. The thing is, Fall City, if they're going to win the region, may have to go through both of them back to back weeks. Yeah. Because yeah, they, may, I, they didn't have to do that last year because of the forfeit. You know, Fall City, I think, got a little bit of a break. No disrespect to DeHanus, but DeHanus wasn't on that level. You know, Fall City only had to play Cristobal in the regional final. How will yeah. Fall City handle having to play potentially Cristobal and El Dorado back-to-back weeks? Right. It's one of those things where, like, the, the, like, the best team in Region 4 right now, in my opinion, is southeast of San Antonio. Right, it's in Carnes County. It's in Fall. It's Fall City. That's that is, in my opinion, the best team in Region Four. But if you're looking for the power nexus of Region Four, you got to go up Concho Valley Way, and because I think you're right. I think I think either El Dorado or Cristoval are going to be in that mix. When do they play? Ooh, that's going to be a good one. Let me look this that up. That would be probably a big um, game in San Angelo for sure. According to my sources, they are playing. At Cristoval on the 22nd of October. That will be a very, very, very good game. And by the way, week uh, for the nine, sake, right? Yeah, nine, or week, week nine. For yeah. the sake of uh, completion, the it was Braden Wilcox was the quarterback for Cristoval okay. last year. He's at Angelo State now. Um, but yeah, this uh, the, I will say to Hennis, keep an eye on them. They have a lot coming back. They only graduate two kids from last year's team. Yeah, uh, they were better. They yeah. were super young, but but I will say that it feels like it's Fall City. If it's not Fall City, it's probably whoever comes out of the Battle Royale in region in District 14. My uh, if I have one sleeper, I go Snook. I, I like Snook in District mm. 13. That's that's another team. If, if you're looking for my sleeper that's under the radar, I go Snook. The Blue Jays. All right, so Matt Step, give me a winner in each of the regions and your state championship. So I went a little off off the board in Region One. I went Stratford in Region One. I think they upset. Ooh. I think they pulled the upset in the regional final or the regional. They actually played Wellington in the regional semifinal. I like Stratford mm-hmm. in Region Two, Region One, uh, Region Two. I still um, I have to go with Winthorpe over Archer City in the regional final. Um, and Region Three, give me Mart over Tenaha. And in Region Four, I went with. Falls City over El Dorado, but I think it'll be tight. Um, And in the state championship game, I like Mart over Stratford. All right. uh, We agree on on a little bit. I'm going with Wellington, Chalky, and Region 1. Uh, I'm going to go with Winthorpe, Chalky, and Region 2, although I do think that that, I think they're going to play Munster twice, and I think it's going to be a war. Um, Region 3, I'm going to go with Mart. And then Region Four, I'm just I'm I'm just going for it. I'm going with El Dorado. I'm just I'm I'm just doing it. I'm just I'm just doing it. Just let me do it. Um, I think they win Region Four and they break the the streak for uh, the 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 winning streak in the semifinal for uh, um, Fall City. Give me Mart 
gets some revenge over Windthorst in the title game. So I'll go with a rematch. Okie dokie. There's 2A Division 2. Aren't you glad we're not doing all the classifications considering we've already gone for 39 minutes? This is going to be – yeah, we're not going to be able to hit our hour in, in these no. two podcasts. But you it's know what? These are the season preview podcasts. People expect us to really nerd out. Beefy. Beefy podcast. All right. Let's move on to 2A Division 1. And 2A Division 1, you guys are never going to believe this, but we think Region 4 is going to be good again. Like, ah, who would have thought? Crazy. Um, What's going on? And this year, maybe to the surprise of some, number one team in 2A Division 1 is not the defending champs, Shiner Comanches, but instead it is their Region 4 nemesis, the Refurio Bobcats. Um, And this was a team that kind of... It's it's weird to say they took their lumps last year when they they went to a, a, a regional final, but they were pretty young and they won't have that individual playmaker this year in Jordan Kelly, but they're going to be loaded this year and and Refurio certainly looks the part. And they also had to play all their games on the road last year. That was not a fright. You know they didn't play any home games last year, so yes. I I actually agree with that. I think Refurio right now is deserving of the number one ranking. They. They've got a lot back. It's going to be a war between Refurio and Shiner, just like it was the last two years. And it wouldn't surprise me if Shiner beat Refurio again this year, but it wouldn't surprise yeah. me. That, those two teams are evenly matched on paper. There's there's no there's no disrespect picking one over the other because they're, they're so close and evenly matched. The one thing that is going to be interesting, and we'll talk about this maybe more when we get into Region 4, but for Refurio... They are, I think they're going to be a little bit smaller, which might, like that might, you might send up red flags for going up against Doug Brooks and Shiner, but I think Shiner's going to be kind of smaller too. Like they're losing some, they're losing some of their size. Yes, they've got, they've got Doug Brooks and Doug Brooks is a massive, a large child. D- Doug Brooks is a, is a matchup problem. Yes, <laughs> in two division one. Let's just go ahead and I mean, go back and watch the game against Post. He's a problem. He is absolutely, and nobody's denying that. But what I will say is that um, you know I do think that these two teams might be are going to be a little bit different than they were last year. Maybe not so. They're, they're I think they're going to in two, especially in two A. You got to be a really good coach, and obviously both these guys and Daniel Boddicker there at Shiner and, and Jason Herring at, at Refuria are really good coaches. You gotta you gotta scheme to your personnel, and so if you're thinking this is just going to be running it back of what these two teams looked like last year, and we've seen this from Refurio, Refurio will run out some wild ass offense that like they just come up with because it's what's best for them. So you never really know what they're going to throw out at you, and mm-hmm. I'm very interested to see how um, what they look like this year. Like legitimately like actually what they actually look like i know they feel good about what they've got the skill position spots um and, and how fast they're going to be but it's just it's just going to be a lot of fun when they get together inevitably in my opinion in, in the alamo dome agree yeah okay let's go to region one region one of 2a division one and the conversation is probably probably deserves to start with our friends out in cisco um who did not uh, because so well i guess actually that's not fair let's talk about the two-time state runner-ups and that's post Mm -hmm. and and people may be thinking hey what about them well they got they didn't get they didn't get hit by graduation they got wiped by graduation they got good they're all those and we said it you know this was last year was really the year for posts they that all that senior leadership and they they came close they just ran into a buzzsaw but 
What they do lack in quantity, they do make up for in quality because they've got two at this level. They've got two power five commits on their team. And so they've got a good, good starting block there with um, their tight end, Zach Courtney, who is committed to Colorado and their junior linebacker, Isaiah Crawford, who's committed to Baylor. We know those they're going to be solid there. Post JV was good last year, but they're going to be young and inexperienced. So I think this opens the door for New Deal to win the district. Mm-hmm. And I think it opens the door for Cisco, um, who was the regional runner up last year to post uh, as the at least preseason regional favorite. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and what I, here's here's what I like about Cisco. Um, and, and uh, you know, a second year under Coach Stinnett out there in, in Cisco. And um, this is going to be a team that I think is going to have a lot of athleticism uh, on both sides of the ball. Uh, they mm-hmm. got a defensive leader in Dawson Hearn. They feel really good about. He was their D- district defensive MVP. Uh, and then they're bringing back a quarterback in Hunter Long, who was a he stud a last year. year sophomore. Oh, yeah. yeah. A huge year. As a sophomore uh, coming in. And I wonder, you know, they run that kind of mm, eye formation multiple eye kind of offense. It's a weird offense. Uh, I mean that in a loving way. It's a weird offense. And, and, and what I like about their offense is they are another team that can, that can, um, they can scheme to their personnel. And I wonder, I'm looking at this, um, Hunter long completed 59 passes last year. Um, 15 went for touchdowns. So that's pretty good. Um, I wonder, I wonder if they're not going to open it up a little bit more. And, I, and I think with, the, with the extra year under Long's belt, I, I absolutely think they're. I mean, because Cisco, Cisco traditionally is a very senior laden ball club. When, mm-hmm. when we look at Cisco years past, typically they bring back like four and four, you know, four and three starters. They don't usually bring back like this year seven and seven. Mm-hmm. I think with that experience returning, I think Coach Stinnett is going to trust his young quarterback even more this year. And I, and I do think you're going to see Cisco. Remember that year they beat Refurio in the state championship game? They were they were slinging it around a little bit. They, they were. When they had the personnel, they will throw it around. So I, I do think we'll see a more wide-open Cisco offense this year. Another team to keep an eye on is um, is Hawley, probably the favorite in District 3. And arguably, depending on what you think of Hanson, the runaway favorite in District 3. Um, and and they've got another – they've got, uh, you know, they, they had a quarterback in, in Rody Cooper or Rody Hooper, rather – who had to step in when their quarterback went down, but they've got playmakers on both sides. I think they bring they bring back 17 starters from last very year's athletic. team. Holly's going to be a very athletic team this year, a lot of speed. Um, they're going to they're gonna challenge people, and they're kind of uh, you know fly, flying a little under the radar behind mm-hmm. Cisco and Post and New Deal. And I think Holly's a team to really keep an eye on. They're they're going to be a they're going to be a tough out. And that 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 potential third round playoff matchup against Cisco would be. Big doings. I bet that I bet they play that game oh. at Shotwell State. That, that'd be a big deal in the big country for sure. That would be very, very, very big. Uh, keep an eye, per usual, on um, on San Saba. Um, the mighty armadillos are are in the mix, and and Panhandle as well. Though Panhandle does lose. Um, oh golly, I've already forgotten their quarterback. Lose their quarterback. Yeah, he was a, exactly. They, they lose. Yeah, he was a big time player. I, he was. Stuck. I got a sleeper. I got I got another sleeper oh. for you, Tep. Yes, sir. Give me the Coleman Blue Cats. Wow. <laughs> Watch out for Coleman this year. I picked them to finish second behind Cisco. This is a team oh, wow. that they actually were third in the district last year and had to they had to forfeit their last two weeks because they had a COVID outbreak and couldn't and they were a playoff team last year. But mm-hmm. had to they'd already clinched a playoff spot and had to can't forfeit their last regular season game. Um, and then they just gave up their playoff spot because of COVID outbreak. 
they bring back a lot. And I'm just talking to some folks in the big country, a lot of people that are real high on Coleman this year. So if you're looking for that under the radar team, that, that, that kind of hipster pick, you know, there, there could be a hipster pick article coming here pretty soon. Don't be surprised if the Coleman Blue Cats show up on the hipster pick article. Okay. All right. You heard it here first. Um, region two and two division one. Um, so last year, the team that won it was Crawford. Um, I like Crawford. Um, I don't, I don't like them this year as much as I liked them last year, um, which could open the door for, um, the lettuce. And you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking, I'm talking about Lindsay and I'm talking specifically about their quarterback Colt, Colt Shuckers, who, who may have a claim. Let me make, let me think this through. I'm looking at the rest of the teams. Um, I mean, we'll get to Terry Bussey in a moment, but melee claim to being the most dynamic, maybe the single most valuable player in two, a division one this year. I mean, Colt Shuckers is yeah. that dude. He's a straw that serves to drink for the Knights, And he's, He's going to be a player. You know, Lindsey last year, you know, they, they were upset in the playoffs last year at Bosqueville in a close game. Uh, they've got enough back, and they've got their guy back in Colt Shuckers. You know, their offensive coordinator, who was really well thought of, left, and he went to uh, Lubbock Coronado to be the uh, offensive coordinator at Coronado. But I think Lindsey's got enough from that team that went 11-1 last year and lost in the, in the third round to Bosqueville, where I think they're, they're among the favorites kind of at the top of that bracket there. Um, I like Crawford. I, I mean, it, I, it's hard to get a good feel for this region. I don't have a good mm-hmm. feel for a lot of these teams. Last year, I, I really was high on Italy, and Italy, not Italy, Italy, uh, Italy. Kind of, they 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 struggled late in the year and didn't play as well as I thought, and they kind of struggled down the stretch. Um, I mean, Cooper lost had a good year. I mean, Italy lost Alvern in, in in the in the you know the, yeah, the area so, round, and that was bit of a stunner that was a little bit upset yeah so yeah i think crawford is the favorite i'll tell you you know i, I if we're talking about a, you know a sleeper team and we, you talked about them on texas football today keep an eye on the marlin bulldogs that's a mm-hmm. team that i think is starting you know marlin's got some tradition and when they're when they're rolling they're they're really good keep an eye on marlin that they could easily push themselves into the into the top of district eight and make a case as, as a real dynamic sleeper team there in region region two. So keep well, an eye if you're looking for that sleeper, I go Marlin. Well, and the thing for the thing for Crawford is is yeah, maybe they're the, they're the reigning regional champs. Uh, yeah, maybe they're the favorite this year, but they're gonna have to go through both Toller and Bosqueville in their own district, mm-hmm. and. And it's going to be a war. Both those teams are going to be really good. Toller brings back uh, 17 starters from last year. They lost. They graduated yeah, Jerry, two Letterman. Yeah, Jerry Mullen's squad is going to be the most experienced team in this in that district for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's Region 2. On to Region 3, where I distinctly remember the conversation we had about Region 3 last year, which was uh, that, we, that, that we think that if St. Augustine's going to take a big step back, and they did, um, they if they were going to take a big step back, who was going to fill that void? And uh, it would be it would be silly for us to say that it was just Timpson that filled the void because this ended up being the most wild ass weirdo region in the state at any level uh, with Timpson and with you know Beckville and Hearn and. Joaquin yeah. and Normandy and like all yeah. these teams that came out of nowhere. You're like, wait, what are you doing? Hawkins. Yeah. I mean, like all these Hawkins teams. Goes, Hawkins goes undefeated and loses in the first round of the playoffs last year. This it's crazy. was crazy. This was the most wild ass region in the state last year. And 
uh, I, I will say that I, I, it this year, if I feel a lot more comfortable picking out a team and saying Timpson's the team to beat at least in Region Three. Yeah, I, I think if you look at Region Three as a whole, the power nexus is District Ten. I yes. think there's there's three teams in this district that are that make a case as the best three teams in the region. Yeah. When you look at Timpson and Garrison and even Joaquin, look at those teams on paper and what they have coming back. They're all veteran laden ball clubs who are going to be really good. But uh, but Timpson is the is the to me the head and shoulders head and shoulders favorite in this region because of how they dominated last year. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, Beckville is probably the best non. District 10 team. Um, I like what they bring back. They bring back pretty much they were all. regional finalists. I was at that Beckville yeah. Timpson game last year. They, they, they had a couple of freshmen that were playing key roles mm-hmm. for them last year. And they had they bring back their quarterback, their running back, all their skilled guys for the most mm-hmm. part. I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be in the mix most certainly. Um, allow me. I'm gonna uh, if I'll, I'll I'll be sleeper guy this this year because it is it is this is the the region that is ripe with sleepers because you know that's just the way we do around here. Um, if I were to pick out one potential sleeper, give me the Sandys of Grapeland. Uh, okay. Coach Terry Ward in his second year or now I think entering his third year there with the Sandys. Um, he's got great, he, he knows what he's doing. He's got a lot of guys that I feel like they've, they're, they're starting to buy in. They ran the ball really well. They got a 1400 yard rusher back. Um, and they've got a tough district. They're in there with Centerville and with the Norman G, but I think they're going to be in the mix maybe a year away, but I do think that they're a playoff contender. That's my, that's my, that's my, uh, my, my, my sleeper. So I like Centerville a lot. I think Centerville mm. is, is in position to really make some noise. And I think Alto under, mm. um, you know, I think Alto's going to be a lot better. They were real young last year. I think bringing back Lance Gamble, the mm-hmm. son of legendary head coach Lucky Gamble, back to Alto to replace Ricky Joe Meeks. I think Alto probably not ready to, to be a regional contender, but I think you're going to see Alto bounce back after a rough 2020 season. So that's Region 3. On to um, the, uh, the, the fireworks factory um, with Region 4. Uh, and and you may remember that in past years we've talked about Region Four and talked about how it's like a three it's a three way dance of mm-hmm. Mason, Refurio, Shiner, and Mason. You may met you may realize we haven't talked a ton about Mason this year. So let's talk a little bit about about Mason. Um, last year was not fun for them, even though they went to the regional semifinals. Like that's just like that's that's the bar there oh, in, in yeah, Mason. It's just, yeah, um, they are going to be pretty young. Um, and, and that gives me a little bit of pause, especially with two teams that are, in my opinion, like already, like clearly more established than them. Um, the team that I keep coming back to is a team that didn't even make the stinking playoffs last year, man. Who's that? Schulenberg. Yeah. That, the problem for Schulenberg is their district. So we, said, yeah. we said it last year. We're going to say it again this year. There's going to be a really good team in District 13 that misses the playoffs. Yeah, it was Schulenberg last year. Yeah, and it's just it's it's just a rough district. It is. Now I will say they bring back 18 starters from last year's team. Um, I think a second year under Coach Brock is going to do some good for them. Um, a more quote unquote normal year. Knock on wood. Get your vaccine. Um, we'll do them. We'll do them good. Um, I like Schulenberg as that sleeper there, but like, let, I mean, here's the thing: we're, it, this is all window dressing. We can talk about sleepers. Like, we can talk about the fact that I think Kennedy is is going to be pretty good. You know, like, yeah. you know, hey, oh, shout John out Lions. C. 
I like yeah. Johnson City to challenge. I think, I think Johnson City could challenge a very young Mason team in District 14. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's true. <laughs> but we're also talking about like that's like fighting fighting for what feels like I mean, I, I don't want to be a jerk, but feels like fighting for third place because I think the two best teams in the entire state are in the same region. And you're going to have mm-hmm. to beat both of those bosses in order to make it to just out of your own region. You know? Yeah. It's um, it's brutal, and, and it's just it's just the way it's worked the past few years. Region four has just had so much power, and there's no reason to think there, that it's going to slow down anytime soon. I mean, you know, I think Refugio and Shiner have are built for long term success. They've had long term success, and I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so, I, I think I, if they're if you're gonna I, I, I think the hardest part is you got to beat both of them. I think yeah, I think you could you could. A team like Mason could could have a great day and maybe beat one of one of these two teams and upset yes. one of them. But upsetting two of them is just such a tall order, and that's basically what you probably have to do in order to get out of this region. All right, so give me your two A Division One regional picks and your state champion. Uh, in Region One, I like Cisco over New Deal. Um, region Two, I like Crawford over Lindsay. Region three, I like Timson over Garrison. And region four, I like Refurio over Shiner. Uh, and in the state title game and a little bit of a rematch, I like Refurio over Cisco in the state championship game. I agree with most of what you said with one very glaring example uh, difference. I'm going to go with Cisco in region one. I'm going with Lindsay in region two. I think this is the year. I'm going with, I'm going with my boy Cole Chuckers, region two. All right. Yeah, it'd be a little different. Region three, I like Tempson, uh, and region four, I will go with Refurio, but I, we do have the same title game. I do like Refurio over Cisco in two A Division one. That's two A Division one on up to three A Division two. As we now near the hour mark of this dumb podcast. Oh my <laughs> we, god! We to, we, after we finish, if we get to an hour, an hour, we need to build in like a break. You need to. I know. Yeah. In, hey, you go. Like- hey, right now, if you're listening and you've been listening the entire time. Maybe pause it. Go go get a glass of water. Say hello take to your five. significant other. Yeah, yeah. take five. Uh, take five. It'll be things like that. Okay, let's go on to three A Division two. Three A Division two is this may have been this may have been the region that when or the the, the division rather that when we revealed our rankings on Texas football on Texas football today, this might have been the one that got the biggest shock, and I'm not sure why because. Guys, Franklin was within a play of winning a state championship last year, and they bring back 17 starters. Like, I I think that, like, this is just following the math here in a lot of ways to go mm-hmm. with Franklin as the number one team. Now, that's not to say it's a walkover, because 3A Division Two is dynamite this year. It's going to be really yeah. good this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's experience, with the exception of, like, one or – with kind of the exception of the defending state champs, yeah. Um, but everybody brings back a lot. All, all, all the major players bring back a lot of talent. They are, but like, I don't know. I, I was kind of surprised by the amount of like, like surprise we heard when we named Franklin our number one team in three, a division two, like almost as if people thought that last year, I don't want to say a fluke, but like guys, Franklin was really good last year and they're going to be really good again this year. Yeah. I mean, we saw it in seven on seven when Franklin decided to play seven on seven this year, just because ah, let's just do it. And they were really good at it. Like they, they just have good athletes and they know how to play football and they know how to win. This is a yeah. team that that's going to be, you know, in the mix no matter what. And um, 
I, I agree with it. I mean, I think it's because we have a large Gunter contingent. Gun, Gunter has a has a large online presence and their fan base. You know, their fan base is out there and very visible. And, and I think that's probably, you know, and they have, I think they're a solid number two right now. That's, that's funny saying solid number two. But <laughs> but they're, they're, I, you put Gunter, I, I think they're, I, I think, it, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and be spoiler here. I think it's going to be Franklin and Gunner in the state championship game. I think those are the two, in my opinion, the, the two best teams in three divisions. Well, and now to be clear about how we do our rankings process is like this is a conversation between you and me and Ishmael Johnson and, and all of our, our whole team like putting together these rankings. One of the things that ended up putting me over the top as far as putting Franklin number one is and we'll get to this in a moment. I think they've got the most manageable region. And that's a huge thing that like, yeah, mm-hmm. like like Canadians really good, but they got Childress. They got a really tough district this year. I think yes, Childress um, and in their district. Uh, Gunner is going to be very, very good, obviously, but they're going to have to go through Holiday. Now they've owned Holiday recently, but th- no guarantees, right? Uh, Wascom and Newton are going to beat up on each other in Region Two, or plus Legion Fields. For for Franklin, Region Four is to me they are they're I don't want to say they're all alone because there's a couple of other really good teams I like, but like they are there in my opinion they, they are coming there's, there's they're coming there. yeah that's a, that's a really good way to put it okay mm-hmm. so let's go through those regions we'll start with region 1 uh wherein we find the defending state champs uh the canadian wildcats now in 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 um we got a question on tft the other day asking about canadian and and basically here's where i'm at on canadian which is like um yeah, they're going to be super good every single year. And until Chris Ketting decides he wants to go and like live on a ranch somewhere, like they're going to be really good. I mean, the, the dude is 143 and 18 as the head coach at a Canadian. I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, they're going yeah, to be really he's good. Pretty good. But look, they got hit hard by graduation. Josh Colwell gone. Hayes Huffstedler gone. Reagan Cochran gone. Twister Kelton gone. A lot, they a lot of not just the not just Letterman, a lot of key contributors are gone. Now they just go out back and pick a quarterback off the off the quarterback tree. This year it's going to be Cameron Cavalier, the the offensive or the defensive coordinator's son. Um, but you know, th- there it it does feel like if there is a year to get them. This could be the year, and if there is a district you don't want to be in in Region One, it's the Canadian. It's District Three. I agree. I, I think District Three, with the depth, you know, Childress and, and Canadian are, are bitter, bitter rivals, and they yes. Childress when Childress is really good, they push Canadian. Um, and I think Spearman, obviously, they Spearman's had the best player maybe in the state in three division yes. two, and Brennan Thompson. So mm-hmm. both of those teams have have dynamic playmakers. Uh, to push Canadian, if there's and both of those teams bring back the experience where you think young Canadian team, experienced teams and Childress and Spearman. If there's a year that somebody's going to take down Canadian in Region One, it might come from their own district. Yeah, it, it might. And and here's the thing about Childress. Okay, Childress has kind of been slapped around by by Canadian. Okay, like they've been they've been. They've been bodied, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. by Canadian in recent years. And they get them at home, in, or I'm sorry, they have to go to Canadian this year, I'm sorry, but in a season finale. And a lot of that is, in my opinion, going to be between the years, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. and I, I think Childress, you know, they had that great summer, got all the way to the 7-on-7 seven seven state championship yeah. game. They've got a lot of confidence. They've got – yeah, it's a mental thing at this point. Can they – 
when they play Canadian, they've got to come out strong and they've got to withstand, you know, that, you know, they got to get through 12 minutes and be in the ball game. Yeah. And I, you know, last year they played Canadian in the playoffs, you know, they go down, Childers comes, starts the game, they drive right down and score, make it seven, nothing. And then, but Canadian come by the end of the first quarter, it's 21, seven. And it's just like, Oh, here we go again. You know, Childers has got to find a way in that game to hang in there for, for 12 minutes, make it be a game going into the second quarter. I think they can kind of settle in, but I, I I think you're right. The Childress has got the personnel to get it done this year. They've got they've 100%. got the, the dudes that, that can make it happen. You know, Zion Fuller at linebacker, Colin Bishop the quarterback, Lamont Nickelberry, Darion Mathis. They've got the dudes. They're loaded. They're loaded. Yeah, this is the, I mean, this is this is the year for Childress. If they want if they want to nip them, if they want to beat Canadian, um, I will say outside of District Three, we've been harping on them. Um, Abernathy, Idaloo. Both mm-hmm. figure to be really, really good. In my opinion, they are maybe a half step behind the teams in, in District 3, but they'll be in that mix as well. Yeah, I saw Abernathy and Childress in the first round of the playoffs last year, and that was a great ball game. So yeah. Yeah, Abernathy and Idaloo are definitely uh, contenders. I, I think the power in Region 1 is District 3, District 4. No, no. if, if, if there's anybody from outside of those, two, if Crane would probably be, be the only team. You know, District One. I think Crane is their big favorite in District One. Mm. Question for Crane is: Can they can defensively can they get stops in 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 the playoffs against those teams from District Three and Four? And District Two, I think there's a lot of questions. Ballinger kind of d- dominated the district last year. They they lost yeah. everyone. Mm-hmm. That, that's a district in District Two, Three A, Division Two, where it's wide open. I mean, anyone can win that district. It's a wide open race. Um, okay, let's go to Region Two and Three A, Division Two. And again, I'm going to do a thing where I'm going to I'm going to read you the, uh, the 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 regional champions um, from from Three A, Division oh, Two, Region okay. Two. Okay, so 2020 it was uh, it was Gunner. Okay, uh, 2019 Gunner it. it was Gunner. 2018 Gunner it, it was uh, Gunner. 2017 oh, okay. it was um gunner and 2016 it was um it was gunner um (laughs) so they've they've won five straight regional titles because we and and something we probably don't talk about enough um they've won five straight regional titles and it's amazing gunner and canadian have played in the state semifinals in five straight years that's crazy it really is and 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 here's the thing um for the the questions we have about canadian we don't about gunner like we don't. Yes, they got they got they got manhandled by Canadian last year, um, and I think they, Canadians, you know, is motivated. You know, it's, oh, it's yeah. kind of one of those things, right? Like, like it's 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 been this back and forth with Canadian and Gunner. You know, where they just one year one team wins, the next year the other team is pissed off and they win, and it's just kind of mm-hmm. this back and forth. And so they bring back. I mean, they, but they've got they they've got the dudes this year that they are a lot more. They're more of a finished product right now than Canadian is. Uh, Hudson Graham is back. Ashton Bennett's back. Cole Lemons, who who I know they really like there. Caden Rigsby, Ethan Sloan. This team's loaded, loaded, loaded. And again, it's one of those te- things that like, who's been able to touch them in Region 2? The the list is real short, basically. And and so unless you want to unless you want to sell me on like Holiday upping up and getting them this year um i i just don't i don't see how gunner isn't the runaway favorite in region two yeah i i agree 100 i i think right now it's it's gunner and then a big gap and then a group of teams that are all who are all fairly evenly matched yeah you know with holiday probably being the, the lead candidate but you know it's it's gunner and then the field right now and i I'm think that's gunner 
Yeah. Um, you know, Eastland, they got to replace Baron Morton. Bells uh, has, you know, Bells is an interesting team and a team I think to dream on. Uh, but they got to go through, they're in the same district as Gunner. Um, you know, I would say um, I could, I would buy just a very small bit of stock in Leonard. Um, you know, last year they had a nice kind of breakout year. Um, you know, I, I think that they could be there. I think they're on the come up. They bring back a lot from last year's team, but they are not. I mean, I think they are the team that could like challenge for second place in district eight, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I feel, I sound really defeatist, but it's like, I would be absolutely shocked if Gunner didn't win region two. Like I just would. Sorry. That's just how I am. It, it'd be stunning. It would be a stunner if anyone other than Gunner won the region. Region three uh, is not that way. Region three, I think you've got at least three, maybe four. It's a fireworks factory. Maybe five teams that you could really, really like there in region three. Um, I guess it's worth mentioning that the team that like Franklin played back to back one point games to round out the year. And the team that they beat in that semifinal was Wascom and Wascom is back and they're going to be really good again and very <laughs> very fast they're gonna fly man i think wascom if you're if you're asking me to rank you know i think it's Fra- it's franklin gunner one two i think i think wascom is three mm. i mean this this is a team 15 starters back and you know you gotta remember that their young quarterback um the watson kid got hurt he, he wasn't yeah. available to wascom during the playoff he got hurt late in the regular season it was not available so you know, getting him, and we saw him and him during seven on seven. And when they, when they have a guy who can throw the ball like Cole Watson, it makes a world of difference in that offense for the Wasco Wildcats. Yeah, they're they're going to be a problem, but they've got you know their bitter their bitter rival at Legion Fields inside of their district. The, the, they Dude. split last year. They, they played twice last year and split those games. And they were both really yeah. close ball games. Uh, at Legion Fields won the district. Yeah, Legion Fields won the district. Got, Wascom got their revenge in the regional final, but they were both nip and tuck ball games. And you look at Legion Fields on paper. They're not that far off from Wascom. They're right there. So they're going to be in the mix. I really like – I think Dangerfield is going to be in the mix as well. They're always around. Um, I think Wes Rusk is going to be really good this year. Mm-hmm. And, and if you really want to dream on a, on a sleeper-type team, um, uh, may I interest you in Hugh Springs in the same district as Wascom in the Legion Fields. Hugh Springs brings back 18 starters from a team that made the area playoffs last year. This is a loaded region. Dude, dude the region – that's the thing. When we talked off the top about 3 Division two about how everybody basically outside of Canadian has a ton back – this is the region I'm talking about. Like Wascom, 15 starters back. Newton, 14 starters back. Alicia Fields, 14 starters back. Uh, West Rusk, 16, or 16. Dangerfield, 15. Like Gilmer Harmony, who was a really good team that 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 ended up getting nipped by Paul Pierre in the playoffs. Like they bring back 16 starters. Um, I mean, they're all loaded. How do we feel? Because there's one other team that we must mention here. How do we feel about Newton? Because this is a team that the numbers will tell you you gotta like them. You got, I mean, fourteen starters back. Um, the the pedigree they've got. You know, hopefully a much more calm year after the past couple of years have been so trying for that community. Like, how do we they've feel about Newton? Running, I mean, they've got a running back committed to USC, so that's a great starting point. I think Newton is a team uh, that. They're they're right there in the mix. They're they're right there among the the four or five teams who who legitimately could win this region. I, I think the biggest thing that you have to look at with with these these teams is early, early in the playoffs you're going to see 
big time power power packed matchups starting. You know, the first round of the playoffs will probably be pretty quiet. I think it'll go pretty chalky. But once you get to the second round, you're gonna get some of these heavy hitters playing each other in the second round. So I think it's gonna really depend on how the bracket shakes out and who can kind of avoid those titanic early round matchups because you got to have something left. You know, you got to have something left in the tank to play in the third and the fourth round as well. Mm-hmm. So how the bracket shapes out is going to be key. But I think, you know, I think Wascom, Legion Fields, Dangerfield, West Rusk, and Newton, and even, like I said, Hugh, that's six teams right there who I think could, could if they got rolling, could legitimately make a play at this region. It's, it's a loaded group of teams. All right. Let's move on to Region 4. And we talked a lot about Franklin, and I think Franklin's the favorite. Do you know what we have not talked enough about? And I would just like to take a moment to acknowledge the weirdest game of 2020, which was... Lexington seven East Bernard zero, <laughs> a stunning first round upset. Fourth, fourth place Lexington, which was weird. Lexington finished fourth. We we thought Lexington was going to miss the playoffs. We, we yeah. they, were, they were in danger of missing the playoffs last year. Yeah, well, and then the, they got hot and went all yeah. the way to the, all the way to the third round of the playoffs. So East District, Bernard, go ahead. I was in District thirteen last year. Completely dominated this region. The four semifinalists in Region four were all from District thirteen. Yeah. It was Rogers um, and Buffalo, Franklin and Lexington in the regional um, semifinals. And that will be the power nexus again. Uh, Franklin is, as we mentioned, the favorite. East Bernard's interesting. Um, you know, how do they kind of shake off last year's kind of uh, unfortunate end uh, for them? And, and, and you know, mm-hmm. the slot T is the devil. Um, and, and Coach Bossy's going to have them going to have them going. They bring back Dallas and the Vicky, their quarterback. They bring back. I mean, they, there's a lot to like about this team. They only bring out eight starters, but there's a lot to like about them. Lexington, let me tell you uh, the kind of man that Kirk Mull is. Kirk Mull is the type of guy who lists Jared Kerr fifth on his questionnaire. <laughs> He's trying to hide him a little bit. What a jerk. I don't yeah, mean that, Coach, but come on, man. Yeah, you, got, yeah. you got Jared Kerr, who's like, uh, where's he committed? He's committed to A&M. He's committed, committed to A&M. Commit A and M. He lost him fifth on his questionnaire. It's like, dude, come on. You're not fooling anybody, coach. Yeah, we, <laughs> everyone in that region knows. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, look between them, I think Poth is going to be pretty good again. Um, you know, thirteen yeah, starters back, back. Yeah, they bring back a good a good base from a team that that was kind of we thought would be down last year, and they ended up still going nine and three, making the area playoffs. Right. So for me, I, I look at this, and and it's Franklin. Franklin's a team to beat, and you know, Bryson Washington, all those guys they've got. They're the team to beat there. But I will say that East Bernard and Lexington, if they can kind of fill in some gaps, and Lexington will have that game changer in Kerr. Um, they could challenge them. I think Franklin's probably the most complete team right now, but I think that they can certainly challenge them. It's not a, yeah, it's the, not, problem, yeah. the problem for East Bernard is they would potentially play Franklin in the third round of the playoffs. Right. Because they're, and, they're on the same side of the bracket. So then, yeah. that makes it a little bit tougher. That's why I think, you know, this district, thir- district 13 is going to be the two teams, you know, top two teams, in district 13 are going to play yeah. for a regional title. Uh, if you want a sleeper, I, I'd go look, look at Odom, look at the Owls. I think I think they're probably the, if you're looking for that deep, you know, kind of hipster type sleeper team, I'd look at the Odom Owls. Give me your 3A Division two regional picks and state champion, Matthew. All right. In Region 1, I, I think this, I, I, in my preview, I picked Canadian over Childress, but I think I'm going to reverse it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, on the pod, I'm going to go Childress over Canadian. I think I think you've convinced me that Chil- this is the year for Childress. So give me Childress over Canadian. Region 2, give me Gunner over Holiday. 
Region three, I'm going to go Wascom over West Rusk. Mm. Um, and then in region four, I'm going to go Franklin over Lexington with uh, Franklin defeating Gunter in the state championship. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I ain't picking against Chris Ketting. I'm going with, I'm going Canadian. I think they figured out they peak late. Uh, region one, Gunner, Gunner in region two. I like Wascom in region three, but you could certainly talk me into Newton without a whole lot of convincing. And region four, I am going to go with Franklin. Franklin and I, I might take Gunner. I might take Gunner. I'm going to go Gunner over Franklin. I'm going to go Gunner over Franklin. I don't. That's a that's a that's a that's a coin flippy type game. Um, yeah, I'll go Gunner. I'll go Gunner over Franklin in a classic. That's what I'll go. Okay, that's three A Division two. Let's go to 3A Division 1. And 3A Division 1 had, for, for all we talked about the state champ, like the, the micro upset of Winthorpe over Mart, let's talk about the macro upset of uh, the state champion Gymnet Indians uh, out, of, out of 3A Division 1. This kept, they kept it going last year. I think the first, we thought Gymnet would be good, but I think, remember I was at that game when they beat Brock in the third round of the playoffs and mm-hmm. we were in the slack going, what the hell? Yes. And Gymnet just kept it going. They, they just kept it rolling. They, 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 that is a team, you know, I don't like to believe in momentum, but I do believe in confidence. And if you want to talk about like the team who it was hanging low and it was just come and yeah. get it. I mean, they were. The, uh, what's the name of the uh, the guy on? Um, um, uh, oh golly, the the Pedro Serrano on on Major League. Oh, I mean, yeah, the he was yeah. the marble. Yeah. You want to talk about marbles, dude? They were feeling it last year. I mean, <laughs> absolute swagger coming in, and and they win a state championship, going from unranked to state champion uh, last year, making us look very dumb. Well, uh, their receipt this year is that we made them number yeah. one. <laughs> Not the fools twice. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're the number one team, and they bring back they bring back Xavier Wishart. And I'm not here telling you that Xavier Wishart's the best player in the state. Uh, what I am here to tell you is that Xavier Wishart might be the toughest son of a gun to to lace up a pair of uh, to lace up uh, a pair of pads in this state in uh, in a while. That dude's yeah. that dude's just he is a he is is a road grader. He is, and and he's he's he. He he's got a feel for the moment. He just steps up in these big moments and makes plays. That's what he did, he did last year, and and he's back. And if they can keep him healthy, there's no reason to think that Jim Ned won't be uh, a prime contender to repeat as state champs. Well, and we'll we'll start with their region there in Region One, and then they do start the year number one uh, in the year. But uh, right there, snuggled up at number two, uh, is is I would say, and and I'll say this without looking at the rest of the the the. the um, looking at the rest of the teams um the most compelling team in 3a division one the brock eagles who bring back jet who have obviously like pedigree out the wazoo who bring back just enough to have you really really interested cutter wilson they're Mm -hmm. running back they got a big time tight end in nathan jones um elijah potts the wide receiver spot and also a huge question mark, and that's that has nothing to do with Billy Mathis, the coach, as a coach. Just has to do with the fact that for the first time in program history, somebody besides Chad Worrell is going to be coaching mm-hmm. them, and yeah, and that yeah. is a huge question. Lots of intrigue there with Brock. I I think, and, and here's the other thing: is Brock 
it's just seven on seven, but there were some concerns. They, they did not look great in the seven on seven game. And I know it's not always Brock's game, but even, even when they were with Chad Worrell, they were always really strong at seven mm-hmm. on seven. I saw that and was like, huh? So something to keep an eye on with Brock. I, I think they're still the clear number two team in this region. And they're probably going to play Jim Ned again in the third round of the playoffs. It's probably going to be a war once again, but I think for the first time, there are legitimate questions since for the first time, since Brock's first varsity season, there are legitimate questions about them this year. That's what, that's what makes it so interesting is that that'll be just a new wrinkle uh, for them. Uh, pilot points in the mix as well. Pilot point in the mix. I'm glad I have my pop filter on. Um, <laughs> the um, They're in the mix as regional well. They were reached, they've yeah. been a regional finalist the last uh, two years. Very quietly, just putting together solid year after solid year. I think they're in the mix as well. Um, how do we feel about shallow water? Um, there's some on, questions there. There are certainly some questions. There's a couple of big time there. I think Keegan Campbell, their running backs, a stud. I think they got a great offensive line that could be really good. Uh, but there are some questions there for sure. New, new head coach, Rodney Vincent comes over from six, you know, the, from six. To, here's the thing is region, uh, region one has two powers in Brock and shallow water who have coaches that drop down from six, a to coach in three, a, yeah. Billy Mathis going from Weatherford to Brock, Rodney Vincent going from Cedar Park, Mr. Ridge to Shallow Water. So that's an interesting uh, little twist in this region as well. But I, Shallow Water is going to be in the mix as well. I, I think that second potential second round matchup against either Pilot Point or Brock is going to be a challenge for Shallow Water. Um, but I, I, I think they, they have the, the talent and the personnel to, to make some noise in this region. Um, but there are questions for sure. Just like um, with Brock. Uh, entirely agree. Region two, uh, or as I like to call it, uh, murder town. Um, region two is just, they're going to, they're <laughs> going to take lumps out of each other. Well, I mean, ironically, the, a fourth place team won the region last year. Yeah. I mean, we're talking now, now, Vernon won the region as a fourth place team. Correct. Now they've obviously got some changes. They have a new coach there. Uh, Willard coach Willard. Is that right? Yes, Brad Willard takes Could, over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the former offensive coordinator, and and he there's some they've got some guys to replace it. They lose their quarterback, um, who really I think was he was, was a different. Yeah, and and that, you know Mount Vernon. That, I was at that semifinal game at Globe Life uh, Globe Life Park where Mount Vernon and Jim Ned just went to war. It was a great yeah. ball game, you know. So. Um, they were knocking on the door last year. They lost a lot, but I still think they're going to be pretty good. And they're, and you look at District 5, everybody has questions in this district because as good as District 5 was last year, everyone's got questions this year because so much senior talent was lost in this district. No no region has more top 20 teams than Region 2. Um, and I guess let's start with the highest ranked of those teams, which is which was uh, Mount Vernon's first victim last week, last year, which was Gladewater. Mm-hmm. Um, Gladewater, um, like now, I don't know the circumstances behind it. Maybe it was just a bad matchup. Maybe you know who who knows what it was. Uh, but they lose to Mount Vernon in the first round. I can't imagine that sat well out there in Bear Country, and and you have to imagine they're chomping the bit. And when you bring back eighteen starters, there's ample reason to believe that they they can they can get right back in the mix. Yeah, they've got one of the best players in the state and wide receiver, DJ Allen. Uh, the question for Gladewater is going to be at quarterback. You know, Colin Lewis has taken over at quarterback. Um, great basketball player. Played, it was a, a good receiver for them last year. He's moving over to the quarterback spot. 
that's going to be the key for Gladewaters. How does how does Colin Lewis take over the offense, and how does that defense, which last year did struggle at times, you know, in those in their losses, you, they Mount Vernon and Gilmer especially, they, they gave up fifty plus points. They bring back nine starters, but that defense is going to have to be better if they want to win those those tough tough playoff games late in the year. And if they want to win their own district against a team like Tatum, who also brings back 16 starters from last year's team um, and feels like they're going to be pretty experienced all over the place. Um, if they can, it feels like if they can replace some pieces in the secondary and offensive line, they'll be right back in the mix. Malakoff interests me. Malakoff mm-hmm, interests mm-hmm. me a lot because um, they lose – they lose their, their they lose the guy who's the straw that serves a drink in in Darian Peace, um, their quarterback. But dude, the the everything I hear about the youngsters they've got, um, I believe they had an undefeated JV last year. Um, I don't they're know, gonna man. Coaches, they're gonna have a coach's kid at quarterback in, yep. in Driscoll uh, taking over at quarterback. So Judd Driscoll, never, yes. Never count out, you know, when they have Malakoff's always got good athletes. They've got, you know, they still have, you know, uh, you know, Deuce Hart at running back. They're still gonna be able to to they're gonna have dynamic skill kids. They're gonna be a threat. You know, we haven't talked about the you know, Grandview. Yep. And, you know, you know, I still think they're gonna be I mean, even before that great senior class they had where, where they had Dane Yench and the uh, Vetris Crown over, they had winning ball clubs there at Grandview. So they're gonna be a team that, that shouldn't be overlooked as well. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that I think here's one thing I'm comfortable with. Right now, Gladewater and Tatum are the chalky picks in region two. But you've got a few teams. Malakoff, Grandview, I'd put Mineola in that mix. I'd put Pottsboro in that mix. That one of those teams is going to get hot late. One of those teams is going mm-hmm. to figure it out, and they're going to be a lot better in week 13 than they are in week three. And there could be a team that peaks at the right time and wins this region. Like, I could absolutely see that happening. Especially considering, look, I mean, all due respect to our friends in Gladewater and Tatum, they don't have the best track record of of – of you know making it count in the playoffs no so yeah i think if you're looking for um a deep sleeper just kind of a hipstery i I know what you're gonna say i know what you're gonna say (laughs) i love the atlanta rabbits (laughs) (laughs) no absolutely not i'm done i'm done with them i'm done with them i've been burned so many times by atlanta (laughs) i like them oh no Absolutely not. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I, I. I will not join you on that bandwagon. I won't. I won't. Go ahead and try to sell me on it. <laughs> Nine starters back on offense. New coach. <laughs> uh, I, I think they're a lot of young talent. Talking to people when when they were interviewing for the job, they really they really like some of the young talent coming through. So. That's my, that's my pitch for Atlanta. Not not a, not as a team to win the region or anything like that. But mm-hmm. as a team that could take a step forward and be, and maybe next year be a team that we talk about as one of the favorites in the region. Okay, fine. I've got. I'm getting. I got that Atlanta PTSD. I understand. Um, <laughs> they did, that year they made, they didn't make the regional finals though. I know, but didn't so. they start like zero and five? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Region three. Um. So <laughs> that. I think I lied because I said Brock was the most intriguing team in the in the state, and 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 that may be true, but I'll I'll put a co on it, dude. What in the world are we going to do with Hallettsville? They are 
simultaneously a team that you're like, oh man, uh, made it to a state championship game, came within a point of winning a title. They bring back 17 starters, including 10 on offense. Like, what's not to like about this team? And also, I said they bring back 10 on offense. Um, The one that they don't have is the best player in the state, uh, Jonathan Brooks. And it's Mm -hmm. like, like, what? is this team without him it's it's very odd it's very rare that you get it you like we never got an opportunity to take like that really good kyler murray 2013 allen team and i'm not comparing that hallisville team to them but what would happen if you took that really good allen team and all you did was remove kyler murray right this is now what we're doing with hallettsville because this is largely the same team minus you know the best player in the state It's it's really hard to get a read on Hallettsville because the two times that I saw them, they were so heavily reliant on Jonathan Brooks. I mean, it was hard to imagine that team without him being more than a borderline playoff team. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's similar. We talked about with Mar earlier, right, where, where I think they are going to be better at every other position last year but I feel more confident about the playmakers that were outside of Roger Freeman at Mark versus the players around um, that were around Jonathan Brooks last year for Hallettsville. I, yeah. I, I know Hallettsville brings back a lot, but I'm still, I, I need to see it first and we'll, we'll see it early. They open the year with Shiner I mean, we'll know, mm-hmm. we'll know pretty quick, but you know what? Last year they played Shiner in the opener and lost by 10 with Jonathan Brooks. Mm-hmm. So Take that for what it's worth. Um, the team, actually, they don't start the year as the number one team, in, or rather the, the top team in Region 3 in our rankings. That would belong to the Leopards of Lorena uh, and Coach Ray Biles. And, uh, I mean, if you're looking for, like, if if Region 3 is going to have, uh, if it's just now written into law that 3A Division 1 Region 3 has, like, the best player uh, in, in 3A Division 1, um, uh, what about uh, what about Jaden Porter at, at Lorena? Because that dude is a monster and a half. The wide receiver, he's going to put them in the mix. And then look, look within Hallsville's own district, right? Columbus is going to be really good, I think. They bring back seven starters back on defense. Yoakum, you get Bo Robinson a defense, and they're going to be in the mix. They've got nine starters back from defense on their defense. Um, I don't know, man. Like, like region three is a little bit more wide open than I think maybe people give it give it credit for, even with the kind of strangeness not strangeness, but just the unique circumstances surrounding Hallsville. I think three. I think region three has a lot of intrigue in it. I agree. I, I think there's a lot of intrigue outside of Hallsville, and I think you look. And I think it starts in District Twelve, right? I yeah. think you've got Columbus and Yoakum, who I think are both teams. It's kind of weird. These are all Region 4-ish teams that we think of in Region 4 that got pushed to Region 3 in realignment. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the power nexus in Region 3 is is absolutely in District 12 because I think the, the other teams in this region, there's a little more – there's a few more question marks around them than, than normal when you look at – you know, other than Lorena, you know, East Chambers has question marks this year. I think Woodville is going to be a lot – much improved, but I think they've got question marks still. Um Rockdale, Cameron, Yo, Little River Academy, you know, is one of those teams going to going to rise up and challenge Lorena? I think Little River Academy. If this is a year they're going to get it done, it's it's going to be this year. But but you know, Rick Rhodes is back at Yo, and people yeah. at Yo are really excited. I know it's going to be it, the Battle of the Bell is going to be really interesting this year uh, for for, I, for a I, number of reasons. 
I think District 9 is really intriguing. That top three in District 9, mm-hmm. Dyball, Cold Spring, and Crockett, are all pretty evenly matched and all tough teams that, that could do some damage in the playoffs as well. I think that you're right. Um, okay, let's go over to Region 4. Let's talk about a team that I got yelled at about whenever they— In fact, Jonathan Brooks added us about this. Um, which is that we have the Vanderbilt Industrial Cobras as the number six team in the state. Uh, we had Hallettsville at number 10, and Hallettsville people were furious. I mean, <laughs> absolutely furious. Jonathan Brooks is out here clown facing, clown face emojiing us. We gave yeah. him the Player of the Year award. He, he was not a fan of that pick. He was not a fan of that pick. Well, Let's let's explain what we like about industrial, which is well. First of all, uh, we we think JB Dixon's a really good coach. That's that's one thing. Um, the other thing about this that I like about them, I think their defense has a chance to be really nasty. Um, I think they've got guys that they they. I mean, Clay Martin, their their linebacker, who's also plays running back for him, Reed Callis, uh, uh, Cave Figueroa. Uh, they're going to be really really good defensively. And they've got that kind of offense. They can throw it a little bit. They get Matthew Davis back. He was the district MVP. They can throw it a little bit. They run that kind of, they call it the gun tee, which I love, um, which kind of feeds into their defense, keeps their defense fresh. Um, I like I like industrial a lot, man. And and but in a in a district or rather in a region that was so weird and scrambled last year. Um, there's no guarantees here and, and industrial is certainly going to have to earn it out of there, including the team that won the region last year, uh, the fight in Ashley pickles. Yes. The Lano yellow jackets who, who, you know, they, they did, they lost some, a really good senior class and they, they took some key graduation losses, but this is a team that's still in, in essence, a four, a size team playing at the three, a level and, and in region four, there's, there's a lot of, it's pretty wide open. So, um, I think Lano is, is going to be a team that's, that's in the mix. I'm really a fan of Edna. I, I think Edna is going to be a real team to keep an eye on this year. Them and Industrial are, are in the same district. And to me, Edna with their 17 starters back, I think, because Edna's got the one thing that Industrial doesn't have, that's a lot. That, that's team speed with skill spots. I think mm-hmm. Edna can exploit that advantage against Industrial and, and make some noise um, there. But I, I think Edna and Industrial probably – you know, are two of the three teams to beat in this region. Um, another team that I will throw out there that I know uh, that, uh, you know, look, I'll be honest, we, we gave a lot of consideration for putting in the top 20 uh, is the mighty Aggies of Poteet. Um, this team brings back uh, 18 starters, including a 2000 yard rusher in Ernest Avila. Um, they bring back uh, some playmakers on the defensive side. Um, I like Poteet a lot. I think they're going to challenge Jordanton, which has a little bit of uh, a little bit more to replace than a last lot. year. Yeah, Jordanton, you know, losing losing Cole Anders at quarterback yeah. really that was a huge loss for Jordanton. And so I think Poteet's your favorite in region in District 14, and and I, I mean they've got that dude in Ernest Avila that I think he could really put them over the top. Um, you know, Industrial is probably my favorite there, but I could certainly take a flyer on a team like Lano if they can. They got to replace Case Kirkendall, uh, and he did a lot for them um but if they replace him then you know they're right back in the mix um yeah, uh, london. i think london hey now fast growing area down there in corpus christi they bring back 26 letterman only lose nine from last year keep an eye on the london pirates okay all right let's get your 3a division one regional picks and state championship so i'll start in region one i'm gonna go jim ned over shallow water in the regional mm-hmm. final um in region two um yeah, I'm gonna 
Uh, it's gonna be an all East Texas affair. Give me Tatum over Gladewater. Huh? Region three. I'm gonna go a little bit off the board here, and I'm gonna take. Give me Columbus over Yoakum in hey. Region three. Okay. And then in Region four, I'm gonna go Edna over Lano. Hmm. And okay. in well, my state, weird. That's a weird Final Four, dude. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is Edna. You got Edna, Columbus. Edna and Columbus are not that far from each other. They're gonna be playing this state semifinal. Uh, Edna, Columbus, in one semifinal, and then you got Tatum and Jim Ned in the other. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go a little bit of an upset here. Give me Tatum over Edna in the state championship. Game. I'm just going to go real off the board and real weird with it. Cause I think everybody else is going to pick Jim Ned. So I'm just going to be a little different. I'm going to take Tatum over Edna in the state championship. Game. Well, you're right about one thing. Everyone else is going to take Jim Ned. I'm going to go Jim Ned in region one. Uh, I'm going to go my off the board picks can come to region two. I think Malakoff's young stars really grow up and I think they win region two. I think Malakoff wins region two. Um, I'm going to go. <sighs> Oh, I'm, oh, jeez. I just have no read on Hallettsville, man. I'm this close to picking them to win the region. Um, ah, screw it. I'm going to take Hallettsville to win the region. Hallettsville wins region three. Uh, and then region four, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with industrial because that'll be a nice, nice uh, 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 rivalry game. So I'm, and then I'm going to go with Jim Ned over industrial in a title game. What a weird, what a weird division this is. <laughs> it is a little weird. That's what makes it fun, right? We get these dude, weird, this weird is, some of these weirdo regions and, dude, and this is the, off the this board is, picks. This is the time when like, yeah, there's like you talk about like Martin Divi- Division Two, and it's like Refurio every year, Refurio Shiner and and, and Two A Division One stuff, and like Gunner Canadian. It's like you get to Three A Division One, it's just like shrug. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like, and Jim Ned. I mean, we had we had a state champion in Three A Division One who wasn't even ranked in the top twenty five last year. So yes. anything can happen. Anything can happen. All right, let's go on to Four A Division Two. Um, well, this will be brief. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Matt Stepp, sell me on anyone besides Carthage winning for a division two. It's really tough tap. Um, cause, cause here's it, the thing. And, and I'll just, I'll answer my own question. Here's the thing about it is that even if you wanted to say, okay, the second best team in this, in region in division two Gilmer. And what do they do? Great, man. They got a superstar quarterback. Brandon Tennyson is awesome. He's so good. What is Carthage going to be best at this year? Defense. Yep. It's like, okay. Like, I don't know, man. Like I'm not trying to be anticlimactic. I'm not trying to be dismissive of the other, uh, 92 teams in two, eight, four, eight division two, but boy, howdy. It sure feels like, Carthage is the prohibitive favorite in four division two. Yeah. If I had to pick one team that I think in a state title game that, that could be based on matchups, maybe give Carthage a game. It might be Salina. Hmm. I could buy, I I could buy that. One team, I could buy that. I could pick one team. Not saying they would beat Carthage or anything. I'm saying there's one team that I think maybe could give Carthage 
challenges in it. Like you said, this is now we're saying all this and somehow Carthage loses in the first round of playoffs. We're going to look like yeah. idiots, but I, I think if, there, if I had to put my money on one team to win a state championship this year, one classification, it would be the Carthage Bulldogs. Uh, you heard it here first. We are out here saying it's going to be uh, Gatesville over Carthage in the <laughs> in, in, in the by district round, uh, yeah. shocking the state. Um, no, no I, it's just it's just the thing is Carthage, of course, the defending state champs, um, two time defending state champs, um, and. Of course, he's uh, Scott Surratt is on the co- secondary cover, the gateful cover of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Um, this will be different, but I'll tell you, like one of the big questions we had about Carthage coming into the year, and this is strange to say about a Carthage team, but we had questions about quarterback, right? We didn't know who was going to step in and, and kind of fill the shoes at the quarterback spot. Well, uh, both the quarterbacks they were running out there at seven on seven uh, looked like they were pressed out of a mold and just like put out there and and i mean you want to talk about razor sharp picture perfect mechanics i mean good lord like i don't know i just have whoever whoever they pick i think i think they're gonna be fine on offense i think carthage will be okay but the thing about them is that is that super underrated about them last year was that their defense was really really good and they have eight starters back from that defense that's like not fair that's just you know i don't know Anyway, they do have to replace a couple pieces on the offensive line, but I will say that I think Carthage is the heavy favorite in region or two at four division two. Okay, let's go to region by region. We will start in region one and you mentioned them, the Salina Bobcats. Uh, this is a perfect example of you can you can uh, scope out who is just who just looks at teams teams records and and makes decisions based on them because uh, uh, Salina was uh, Salina went into the the regional final matchup against Graham last year at six and four <laughs> uh, ended up losing by two points. And um, Salina looks really good on paper. Uh, the nine starters back on offense, six on defense. They get a big test out in week one in, against Melissa. I think we'll learn a lot about them then, but a lot to like about the Salina team. Yeah, I mean, Salina, as we know, plays a traditionally tough schedule. They're, they're not a team that, that ducks, and they really can't duck people because they're, they're good. And, you know, teams aren't lined up to play them. But you look at Salina, and they, may, they might struggle in non-district. You know, because they got to play out the out of the gate, Melissa, Paris, and Argyle <laughs> to mm-hmm. open the season. So they may start the season zero and three, and I don't think I would think any less of them if they do start zero and three because of the fact that they play such a tough schedule to open the season. So yeah, um, I I think they're the favorite. They pushed Graham in the regional final last year. Graham. Graham and Iowa Park both lost a lot. Yeah. I, I think you know Salina and Aubrey are right there. You know, as as two of the teams to watch in the region. But if you if you want to take a flyer on a team, uh, take a flyer on the Russell Lucas led Sweetwater Mustangs. They're interesting, okay? Because yes. it's a, it's it's an obviously Coach Lucas knows what he's doing. He knows a way around a football field. Um, but it is a new coach in a new situation, and that that is one thing to to you know to certainly consider. But he also has a superstar. Like Leo Holsey, their quarterback, he rules. Like this guy's awesome, yes. and um, and so you want to talk about like a, a single, like an individual playmaker capable of taking it over. Like he's that guy. Um, and, and then you know, let's also give a little shine to uh, to Aubrey. Um, a really good year last year. They bring back about half their team from last year's team. Um, 
they're going to run the ball well, but they're going to be young on defense, and that's going to be a big question mark early against some against teams that are certainly going to be able to score. If they can grow up on the defensive side, then they could they could certainly make some noise um, uh, there in in in, in District Four. Keep an eye on Lubbock Estacado as well. Estacado was really young last year. I think their you know Joe Kluge's squad's going to be a lot better this year. Um, they'll be another, another team that I think is potentially could make some noise there in Region One. To Region Two we go, where I don't know. Um, so you've got Gilmer, and there's a lot to like about Gilmer. We mentioned Brandon Tennyson. They went to a state championship game last year. Um, they bring back six starters on both sides of the ball. They have a great JV last year. Uh, they are going to be just pretty darn good. A lot to like about them, right? A lot to like about this about this Gilmer team. Pleasant Grove is like the next syllable out of your mouth whenever you talk about Region 2. Um, I will say, and in talking with folks around Pleasant Grove, it feels like they feel like they're still a year away. Um, they feel they it feels like they feel like they've got they've got guys in the system and that the cupboard's not bare. The cupboard's far from bare, but that they're just super duper 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 young. That said, if the cupboard is as loaded as they say it is, then you could see a team that peaks at the right time. And because in a lot of ways, go back to that first title team in 2018, 2017. Um, that was a super young team as well, but they just got hot at the right time. They peaked at the right time. You could see it like that. Now, I don't know if there was a Gilmer kind of standing in their way with the, in that regard, but or at least what will be a 2021 Gilmer. But I do think that Pleasant Grove's got that chance that if things break and those youngsters grow up in a hurry, then by the time we get to week 14, they're going to be a team you don't want to be in front of. I agree. I agree. I, I think right now it's a, it's a two horse race. You know, Cattle Mills was the darling of the region last year. They lost a ton. Yeah. Um, they'll still be solid, but they lost, they graduated really heavy. Um, Mahaya lost a lot last year. Uh, I think if you're looking for a team outside of Pleasant Grove and Gilmer in region two, it might be Liberty Ilo. I hmm. mean, they may be, they may be a team, you know, I, I think there may, they may be a team that could, that could potentially make a little bit of noise as well. Cause I, I think there's a lot of questions around, you know, District 5 and District 6, there's no one in that, you know, Sunnyvale, Godley, Glenrose, Cattle Mills community, no one really stands out in that in that you know, part of the, the, the region. Mm-hmm. You know, Van, I think, is the favorite in region in District 7 just because of Mahaya's graduation losses. But but Van, this doesn't strike me as a team that's on that level of Gilmer or Pleasant Grove right now. Yeah, I think so. Um all right. So, you know, Gilmer, Gilmer, Pleasant Grove, it's going to be fun. And and when do they play? Because that's a situation that if they play in week six, then I'm going to be I'm going to think, boy, that's going to be Gilmer's game. But if they mean like week 11, that could be different. Let's see. They play in week 11 oh, at boy. Pleasant Grove. That so we'll know. We'll know. Boy, Gilmer, they play Carthage at Carthage on September 24th. Oh god. Yeah, that's that's uh that's a tough road game. Gilmer 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 does not duck people. They they play, no, they don't. They don't play they, anyone. So. They ain't scared. They ain't scared. Yeah. Meanwhile, let's go to region three. Um okay. Uh well Carthage lives here. Uh this is this is where they call home. Um let's it's a good talk. region. It's a good region. It's a re- that's the thing. If if it weren't for Carthage, 
we would be talking about how wide – like remove Carthage from it in a hypothetical world. We're talking about how wide open and fun this region is because West Orange Shark, Belleville, China Spring, Jasper, Salado, Silsby, like really fun region. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that there's one team that sucks up the oxygen in the room. Uh, let's talk a little bit about West Orange Stark, who had an extremely weird season last year. Um they are going to be young. It feels like because Cornell Thompson's always so senior heavy. He always plays senior heavy. Um, if they can find a quarterback, then they're going to be in the mix. I mean, that's that's what Western Stark does because I have every faith that their defense is going to be exceptional again. West Orange Stark is going to field a good defense. They're going to be solid. Doesn't matter how many they they could lose all 11 starters on defense the next year i would still think they're gonna have a good defense mm-hmm. it's just what they do cornell thompson is a defensive genius and they've got the the personnel to get it done so uh they have no fears on west orange stark's ability to play defense they're gonna be they're gonna be solid and so they're gonna be good up front i think they've got the running back and elijah gales they're, they're gonna be a team to keep an eye on and they're a team that i think if they played carthage would not be in awe of carthage yeah, that's, that's not in their DNA. I'll tell you the team that I like in Region Three outside of Carthage. I think I like Belleville a lot. They got those mm-hmm. two D one skill players. That that's a team that I think is, is capable of doing some great things. Especially, I, I think if you took, I think they're the second best team in the region, and mm. it would not surprise me in the least if we see a Carthage Belleville regional final this year. Interesting. Now I can get on board with that. I can. I can. And I think I China Spring is China Spring, who lost to Carthage in the regional finals last year. They bring mm-hmm. back a lot as well. They're going to be in the mix as well. Um, but I mean, it all roads lead through Carthage, and that's oh, yeah. where that's, that's that's just the looming looming giant in this region. That's that's the problem for sure. Okay, let's go to Region Four. Um, and Region Four, um, I don't know, man. Um, uh, like. The, there's a, I think there's an easy, chalky, safe pick. And the easy, chalky, safe pick is Wimberley. There, there ain't nothing wrong with Wimberley. Wimberley looks good. Wimberley's got the right guys in the right places that you feel like they're, they're going to be solid. Uh, the, the, the one question they have is at quarterback. Because uh, I think, this is me, I think Matthew Tippy did a lot for that team. And, and, and not just throwing the ball around. I think from just a leadership perspective, I think he was just such a um, just such a game changer for them. So good. Um, now, they bring back a lot of other really good guys. They bring back – they get Juan Almeida back from, from – uh, the, the running back back from, from injury. Uh, they get mm-hmm. a number of other big time – they get Moses Ray, who was really, really good uh, for them Four last year. Four-year starter, I believe. Yeah. I mean, he's – his freshman year. He's a stud, right? Um, they're the easy safe pick. Then you get into like, let's get, let's get weird mode. Um, I mean, Senton brings back a ton from last year's yes. team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're absolutely loaded. Geronimo Navarro has some pieces to replace, but they were a team that was in the regional final last year. Um, and maybe this is a bounce back year for Cuero. They don't have a Jordan Whittington, but they're going to have some dudes like they always do. If, if there's anybody that's going to take Wimberley down, I think it's Sinton just because of what they have coming back. And I was at that playoff game last year, and Sinton for about three quarters was right there at Wimberley. Just got worn down late. Um, they just couldn't handle – you know, it was, it was – that game was played in a driving rainstorm, and, and Wimberley just dominated in the trenches, and Sinton 
couldn't do. I think was a little more, little more limited offensively where Wimberley just kind of got behind Moses Ray and just kind of, you know, ground up Sinton mm-hmm. a little bit. So I think Sinton, you know, with the experience they have coming back, I think Sinton could be the team that if there's anyone's going to take down. Because I think Navarro's got a few more questions than they usually do this year. I think if anyone's going to take down Wimberley, I think, I think it's Sinton. I think that that's probably the case, especially considering um, Sinton is going to be a team that I think if they if they can just kind of put it all together um, and and when they get to Wimberley, like they've got it in them to beat Wimberley, but they got to put it all together. So I think that's kind of kind of where I'm at with with them. All right. Let's go through your regional picks and your state championship in four division two, sir. Uh, region one, I'm going to go with Salina over Sweetwater. Uh, region two, I'm going to go Gilmer over Pleasant Grove. Mm-hmm. Region three, I'm going to go Carthage over Belleville. And in region four, I'm going to go Wimberley over Sin. And I like Carthage to beat Gilmer in a rematch in the state championship. We're mostly the same. I'm going to go with Salina in region one, although I do. I'm very interested in Sweetwater. You could absolutely sell me on Sweetwater. Uh, I'm going to go with Gilmer over Pleasant Grove in uh, Region 2. I'm going to go with Hampshire Finette in Region 3. And I'm going to go <laughs> with uh, Wimberley in Region 4. And in the state championship, I'm going to go with Carthage over Gilmer. Uh, there you go. Shout out to Hampshire Finette. Shout out to you guys. Go Longhorns. Yes. Um, okay. Let's go finally... Dude, this is going to be a two-hour podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we're going two hours. All right. This is what you signed up for, you nerds. All right. uh, Let's go to 4A Division 1. In 4A Division 1, the number one team is – like this was one that I feel like we got no pushback on whenever we named Argyle our number one team in 4A Division 1, even though I feel like maybe there should have been a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. This was one I was kind of bracing for because I think that people who kind of pay attention are like, boy – Argyle lost a lot of like they didn't lose a ton in numbers, but the impact guys that they've they 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 got lost rather uh, certainly should give some people some pause. Um, I mean, look, they they lost uh, 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 Cole Kirkpatrick, they lost C.J. Rogers, they lost Jack Tucker, their big offensive lineman. I mean, God, they lost a lot. Um, here's there's here's the reasons I like Argyle. One is uh, uh, the HFC. Um, I think that, uh, I think Todd Rogers, a, another guy that like, I don't remember who I was saying this about earlier, but like, I was Chris Ketting. Like, as long as he's there, I'm like, okay, like they're gonna be really good. Like Todd Rogers is a 210 and 37 in his head coaching career. Like that's pretty good. That seems good. okay. Yeah. Um, they also have, I think they're, I think they're, they're going to be really good in the trenches. Uh, they've got Sheridan Wilson at the offensive line spot. They just had the kid transfer in from Flower Mount Coram Deo. The, um, what is his name? Flower Mount. He's a super team kid. Yeah. He's uh, committed to A&M. Yeah. Um, what was his name? Uh, I'm looking, you're listening to live coverage of me trying to think of this really good, um, Jaden Scarlett. Jaden Scarlett is transferring to Argyle and he will be a big time playmaker for them. Um, and you know, I, I feel like they're like Jet Copeland, it sounds like he's gonna move to quarterback more than likely. It seems like he's gonna be the guy. Um, and they're gonna I think they're gonna be fine. I will say this, and you and I had this conversation at State Seven on Seven. I think if you're looking for Argyle to be that big explosive team that they were last year. 
I think that you're mistaken. I -hmm. think this team is going to be a lot more plotting. I think if you look at what Argyle is going to be in 2021, think a lot more of what they were like with Nick Ralston as opposed to what they were like with C.J. Rogers and Bo Hogaboom. I think this is going to be a team that grinds it out a little bit more and maybe leans on their defense and running game more than they have in the past years. Agreed. I think think this is an Argyle team that's not going to throw up the 40 or 50-point games on a regular basis. I think they're going to win games 28 to nothing. 35 yeah. to 7, those kind mm-hmm. of scores. I, I just don't see that explosive offense. They may not need it. They may be yeah. better. They may be really good defensively in with the running game and, and won't need the uh, the deep ball, but they, they were so good at last year. Yeah, most certainly. All right, let's go to Region 1. Uh, region 1, all 19 teams of them. Um, <laughs> there. One more than there was two years ago when they only had 18 in their region. That's right. Uh, oh, There are um, – this is an interesting region because – I don't think I don't think I've any team here has both um, recent success and a lot coming back. Like, I don't know if any of the teams here have both of that combo platter. Um, the closest you may come Maybe a team like Decatur, and they've got their own thing going on. Yeah, they've got um, some, some issues there. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, there's Springtown doesn't yeah. bring back a lot. Canyon doesn't bring back a lot. I mean, Dumas has eight back on offense. And they looked really good in seven on seven, but their defense is going to be. They only bring back three on defense. Yeah, this so, this feels like the this feels like a region where if there's going to be a weird team, I don't mean weird, but there's going to be an off the board team that like like if Pampa gets super hot, like you could see them like in a regional final, you know, like it doesn't feel like there's so many question marks here. Now, inevitably look a team like Springtown or a team like Decatur or a team like Hershey is going to answer all those questions in like the affirmative and be like, Nope, never mind, We got it. And they're going to, what's going to end up happening is one of them is going to run away with it. And we're going to be like, duh, of course, Canyon was the best team in the region. Dumb, dumb. Mm-hmm. But that's not I'll say that 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 is not evident from the outset here on August 9th like I don't think there's some team that I'm just like that's the team to beat there it feels like and especially because those top three teams Decatur Springtown and Hershey are all in the same district there's just going to be a lot of blood in the water yeah but those those three could all end up in the playoffs or getting getting three rounds deep because of just because of their talent I, I think Hershey's really going to be an interesting team because on paper they they may be they may they have the best personnel in the region yes it's just a matter of can hershey put it together um if dumas's defense can get it going they've got the offense i think to 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 make some noise as well i if you're looking for that off the board team i look at andrews i think they're Mm -hmm. a team that doesn't that brings back they have they have had some recent success maybe not as far as winning the region or anything like that but they've had have had success and they bring back 15 starters right so i think you're looking for that off the board team i think it's andrews but i think the power nexus clearly is still in district four in this region absolutely oh 100 percent. um you know dumas is interesting if that young defense can grow up in a hurry um mm-hmm. if they can do that but they i mean they lost a ton they lost the heart of that defense so it's gonna be really interesting to watch Region two is where Argyle lives, but so do four other top 10 teams and five other top 11 teams in the state. It's Um, a great region. Including two within Argyle's own district in Melissa and Paris. And 
We correct me. We got to see Paris at State Seven on Seven. Is that right? They were at State Seven on Seven. Yeah, they, they made it. Yeah, they got they yeah. got to the round of sixteen. Yeah. Um, Paris. Uh, Melissa is uh, again. Yeah, they're going to play Salina in the first round and, or first first week, and we're going to find out a lot about them. Uh, Melissa is a team that kind of every year we think has a chance to be pretty good. They haven't really put it all together as far as that deep, deep, deep run at least recently. Third round, yeah. Since yeah. they gone to, gone to four, I think I think they got to the fourth round once, and they ran into they, that was the year Pleasant Grove won their first stage. They ran into yeah. Pleasant Grove in the fourth round and got demolished. But. Um, but here's the thing. They've got something that pretty much no other team in this region has, which is a quarterback. They got Sam Fennigan yes. back and, mm-hmm. and he's a stud. And and if that's the if that's the difference maker, then they're going to be right there in the mix. Um, and so that's the team. And and then, look, we, of course, have to talk about uh, the 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 pirate in the room. Um, we have to talk about La Vega, who starts year number five. This is a young team. Really Lots of questions. A lot of question marks. And and a lot of questions. Uh they're gonna knock the snot out of people, but is that enough? And the other thing is, I also think that there is uh there's gotta be a huge weight lifted off of Argyle's minds in that they beat La Vega when it counted. They finally, they finally did it. Like La Vega was the bugaboo. It was the team they couldn't get past. They scaled that mountain and look, they won a state championship. I wonder, is that mental advantage gone that, or at least diminished that La Vega has had over the, the team of that region, which is or the, the defending state champs. And remember, La Vega didn't win the district last year. Midlothian Heritage was the district champion last mm-hmm. year. So that makes a difference as well. Um, you know, we haven't talked much about Paris. I think Paris is the team that, if they can put it together, is the one team that I think could challenge. I, mean, I was at that regional final last year, Paris and Argyle. Mm-hmm. Paris made – if Paris doesn't make a few dumb mistakes early in the game, that's a, that could be a different ball game. Paris has the personnel where if they play a clean game, can push Argyle. But they just don't play a clean game often enough. Right. Um, I, I'm bullish on Stephenville this year. I think Stephenville Ooh. is a team with you know eight starters back on offense. They're a team that does not fear Argyle. They've pushed Argyle and beaten Argyle in the playoffs in the past. They're a team that I think really is is worth watching. Keep an eye on the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, I, I think Stephenville is really interesting. Do they have their quarterback back? Am I crazy? No, that's the one question mark for yeah. Stephenville. But they all they all it's like yeah. you know, Stephenville. If they'll find a quarterback, you know, yeah. it's 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 like it's like Carthage and fine. They'll, they'll they'll find someone to run that off. Yeah, they'll be they'll be they'll be just fine. Um, yeah, I think that kind of rounds it out. Um, Midlothian Heritage has a lot of pieces to replace, but yeah. um, but they'll be they'll be in the mix, and 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 that'll be that'll be interesting, especially if they um like if they can if they can kind of reload up front on the offensive line, but they gotta do it in a hurry because La Vega's coming. Um, it'll be interesting. Argyle's your favorite, but there's at least uh, if Argyle does come back to the pack, there's plenty of teams that are capable of, of nipping them to region three. We go where um, of course the regional champion last year, as called by Matt step on this podcast <laughs> last year, uh, the Lindale Eagles uh, and Lindale is, I think a less extreme version of Hallettsville in the sense that um, state champion or state finalists from a year ago, was really reliant on one transcendent playmaker. A lot of the team is back, except that one transcendent playmaker. They have less coming back than Hallisville did, but Jordan Jenkins is gone. He's off to Baylor. Um, and, but the offensive line's back. 
And if you believe, as Jordan Jenkins was fond of saying, that I'm only here because of those, those big hog mollies up front, those guys are back. Uh, I will say this. If you like physical football, you're going to love Region 3. It's gonna, they're going to knock the snot out of each other. Yeah, that's there's a lot of teams who, who who play physical football in this region and and play fast and play good defense. So um, it's going to be a fun region to watch. Um, I did call Lindell last year. I felt great about Lindell. Um, I don't feel as good about the Eagles this year, obviously. Um, I think this is El Campo's year with mm-hmm. uh, Chad Warrell leading the way and and some of the dynamic skill talent that that the, the Rice Birds have. Um but it, it, you know, I think Chapel Hill, Tyler Chapel Hill, Jeff Reardon's squad is going to be yes a problem. They, they they got to the third round last year and bring back a lot. And and Lindale and Kilgore, I think, lose enough to where I think you could really write Chapel Hill in as a, as a team to watch. Um, and I think you know, the, if Livingston's best player hadn't have transferred to Atascosita, I really would have been bullish on Livingston as well. But when Jamari Green, that their their sensational freshman, transferred to Atascosita, that really kind of dropped Livingston down in my eyes a little bit um, as another kind of contender in this region. Um, the, the I think El Campo is the favorite. I think mm-hmm. District 9 is the is the power nexus. Agreed. Um, and if I were to give you a team to dream on, first of all, we haven't mentioned Huffman Hargrave. I think Huffman Hargrave is going to be really good. Um, they bring back a lot from last year's team. They went uh, 10 and 2, 10 and 2 last year. Yeah, they, um, they got to the, the second round, I believe, or third round. Yeah, and they bring back they got a, they got a quarterback whose whose name escapes me at the moment, but he's a he's a baller. Hold on, I'm gonna give you that name here, Justice Soken. In three, two, and one, his name is uh, no, that's not right. Is that right? Hold on, no, I know, that's the wrong one. Uh, his name is yeah, Luke Thomas. Never mind, Luke Thomas. Yeah, um, Luke Thomas. He's a stud. Um, but. If I'm going to give you a team to dream on, uh, give me the give me Ken Savannah's Stafford Spartans. Um, a lot coming back. They've they always got dudes, and their defense has a chance to be ferocious this year. Um, a pair of defensive ends that are going to in in, in Quadro Pat and uh, and Isaiah Bogarty that are going to absolutely get after it. Um, Very keep talented. it on, on Stafford. They're going to be talented uh, there, but they are in that that El Campo that El Campo district in District 12. All right, let's go to Region Four. Region four uh, is boy. It's just a you know what it is. It's a bunch of like past and present and future DCTF darlings. You know what I mean? <laughs> it really is. Like yeah, it you is. got Cal Allen, who of course we love. Like we love Coach. We love Coach Danaher. What he does down there. LBJ, of course, such a fantastic story last year, and, and Jamal Fenner, what he's able to do there. Uh, Corpus Christi Miller, who, oh man, so much fun. Andrew Body, incredible. Like Bernie, their fun. Lampasas, Ace White, and like all these. Poor Lavaca Calhoun, like we love Coach Whitaker. All these teams that we just like, they're DCT of darlings that are just going to just beat the tar out of one another. Cal Allen starts the year. It really is. Cal Allen starts the year as the number one team in the region. I have concerns. Um, I have concerns about their offensive line a little bit. Um, and, and, and I don't think there have been past years where I've been like, Oh, Cal Allen's a favorite in region four. I don't feel that way this year, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't know if I can identify the team that I'm absolutely sure is going to beat them. Cause LBJ, you know, LBJ who, who eliminated Cal out, who beat, who eliminated the Wildcats last year in the playoffs. They lose a lot too. They Especially do. on the defensive side of the ball. LBJ is going to be really good offensively with Cedric Alexander and Oscar Gordon. But mm-hmm. defensively, does LBJ have the dudes on the defensive side of the ball 
that were able to slow down the Cal Allen offense last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's questions there. Len passes, obviously loses Ace Whitehead. Miller loses Andrew Body. I, I think there's questions. I, you know, if you're looking for a team to dream on that may have the most experience back, maybe Bernie with uh, Rashawn mm-hmm. Galloway at quarterback. Um, I think they could be a team. But, but Miller, you know, we talked about it about it with Mart. We talked about it um, with Hallettsville. You know, Miller is like that when they lose their stud. Yeah, lose their guy, but they bring back a lot at every other position. So do that. Does the improvement in the experience at those other positions lift Miller up uh, to uh, be be a better or as good of a team as they were last year? And I'm going to see it. I, I got a Miller game on my schedule uh, in week five against La Vega. I think that's going to be a great litmus test to see where Miller stands against a team like La Vega, who even though La Vega is going to be young, is still a team that is a very formidable opponent. I think, yeah, I think that you're right. Like, Cal Allen is one of those teams that you know what you're getting. Um, and they're going to run the ball. Their defense is going to be pretty darn solid. You know what you're getting from them. The question is, like, who is going to be able to crack that safe? Last year, uh, obviously, LBJ was able to crack that safe with kind of kind of pure athleticism on the offensive side, especially. Like, the Cal Allen defense just could not keep up with them. Mm-hmm. Um and and then they came up with big timely stops uh, in that defensive front seven. Um, Bernie's interesting. You could talk me into Canyon Lake, man. I that's a team without a star. Like that's a team without like a superstar, like a name. But like, there's a lot to like about Charlie Drum Squad. Like the, the Hawks, are gonna, they're going to be really interesting this year. I think it's a I think it's a much more wide open region than like maybe the like the rankings have like Cal Allen two, LBJ six, Miller fourteen, Bernie fifteen, Lamp passes seventeen or twenty rather. I think it's a lot tighter than the than the than the, the those rankings would indicate. Like I don't like you would think like oh Cal Allen they're number two we think they're going to be in the title game. I'm like man I don't know that region's going to be going to be weird and and fun because it's like heck what if what if Portland Calhoun screws around and gets their gets those young guys that they they have in the pipeline like up to speed in a hurry like they're going to be in the mix you know like. It's going to yeah. be a very strange region this year, and I'm really excited. I even about think it. you know Alice, who lost to um, you know LBJ in a blowout in the second round of the playoffs. I think Alice is going to be a team to keep an eye on yeah. as well because they dealt with a lot with COVID last year. Their se- their season started late last year. They just you know they're a team that I think if they get hot could could be a, a team that could make a little bit yeah. of noise in this region as well. So there, there's think- a lot of good teams in, in this region, and it is, to me, it's one of the more fun regions if you out of the entire state to to keep an eye on this year. All right, Matthew. Give me your 4A Division One regional picks and state champion. I'm going to go with experience here and go with Springtown over Hershey. I think Springtown, the playoff pedigree, gets it done over the district rival. Uh, region 2, I like Argyle over Stephenville. Um, I think Stephenville is going to make it to the regional final, but fall to Argyle. Region 3, I like El Campo over Tyler Chapel Hill. And in Region 4, give me Austin LBJ over Cal Allen. Okay. And in the state title game, give me the El Campo Rice Birds over the Argyle Eagles. I like it. That'll be a boy. That'll be a physical game. Um, yeah. that'll be a real physical game. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Dumas in Region One. I think they figure okay. it out defensively. I think that I think that when they get around to the playoffs, their deep their 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 play the defense figures it out. I'm gonna go Dumas in Region One. I'm gonna go Argyle in Region Two. 
Dude, I'm really tempted to be a hipster and take Chapel Hill. Um, I'm not gonna. But I, I just want to be on record that I thought about it so that when they do, it could be like, oh, Tepper almost did it. Uh, I'm going to go with El Campo in Region 3, and I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Bernie in Region 4. Let's get weird. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to go with the Greyhounds in Region 4 with, Gal- with Rashawn Galloway, and I'm going to go with Argyle over El Campo in a title game. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And there you have it. A nice, brief, <laughs> small school preview. 130 minutes of football goodness. God almighty. I have to edit this. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. We're sorry. Yeah, but it's fine. Uh, tell, tell, tell your significant other that you just need a moment uh, to decompress. Um, okay. And by the way, we'll be back next week with your 6A yes. and 5A preview, which will inherently be, be shorter, but no less nerdy. <laughs> Yes, maybe only an hour and a half next week. Yeah, who knows? Uh, All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you. A lot of your day with us. Yeah, a lot of your day. Um, (laughs) Thank you for thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Uh, Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week on Tep and Step. Mm